have. I got a story for you. Everyone faces crossroads in their lives. Some real Robert Frost shit. Moments where choices actually matter more than the added calories from deciding to go with the large fries you're contemplating at the Chick-fil-A drive-thru. We're talking about committing to a career because a life without comedy is no laughing matter. But first, a word from today's sponsor, Andre Psyche. Yes, dear, loyal, faithful listeners, AndrePsyche.com is dead, but Andre Psyche on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter is alive and thriving. You see, Andre has adopted a minimalistic lifestyle with materialistic things like websites, cars, mattresses, his hair. However, his creative libido is never minimalistic, still fully stimulated and viewable on all social media platforms. Andre is a freelance creator extraordinaire, someone who makes music, poetry, art, clothing, and lives to make others just like you feel good. Search him up. It's Andre Psyche that you're looking for the next time that you're looking to friend or follow someone outside of your social circle. We are also brought to you by Smoke. Hopefully you get that based on today's guest's name being Ash. It's easy to take smoke for granted, getting pissed at smoke for making your eyes water, throat dry, clothes stink, but... Have you ever considered, dear listener, smoke is one of the original warning systems of impending death? We as a society are spoiled with rear alerts and heart monitors. We're no longer appreciative of primitive warnings that nature provides. Smoke. It's not just telling you there's fire. It's yelling at you to get the fuck up and out! Just without all the beeping. Feeling generous with your time? Do you have five seconds to spare? Does $2 really affect your monthly budget? Could you go to our Patreon right now? Search getting the number two, no, the letter U pod, and become a subscriber. Support what we are all about. I know now you're thinking, I'm not trying to drop any cash on this podcast, but I do want to support it. Well, Thanks for thinking of that, and here are a couple of free ways to support the pod. You can push the subscribe button on whatever app you're listening to the Getting to Know You Pod on. You can friend or follow the Getting to Know You Pod on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. You can also go to Apple, write a review. The cost is nothing more than your time. Finally, we are looking for sponsors and advertisers. If you or someone you know has a business or brand and would like to expand your market reach, please consider partnering with us. We get to know people from all around the world, hence today's guest. The product, sorry, I'm not a Coke dealer. The podcast is downloaded coast to coast in the United States and in countries like Canada, the UK, and starting to be Australia, just to name drop. So if you or someone you know are looking to get more traffic to your site, more followers on your social, more purchases of your product, more clicks on your whatever, just message us. And now, getting to know you. Hello. Getting to know you, getting to know all 
I'm going to do a terrific show today. Getting to like you, getting to hope you like me. Because I'm good enough. Getting to know you, putting it my way, but nicely. I'm smart enough. You are precisely. And doggone it. My cup of tea. On today's show, we are getting to know Ash. And Ash is coming to us from the safest island in the world right now, Australia. Thank you, Ash, for coming on. I appreciate your time. Um, I think we had to reschedule like two, three times. So I thank you for sticking with me, man. It's great having you on. Great getting to know you. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, I've been super busy trying to organize some shows and all that. Um, yeah, just trying to get on stage as much as I can, do some comedy. Yeah. But yeah. That's something we didn't get into. We were chatting a little bit um, about just COVID impact. And I had had a comedian on maybe two weeks ago who was a New York City comedian. And he was looking for stand-up mics, um, comedian Rob J. And he was looking – he had this, like, routine. He was doing five, six open mics a week, and he was really trying to get his reps down. And it's hard for me to understand because I teach – so basically, I just get up there and talk about whatever, and little children believe me. <laughs> but right. what's the impact for COVID and uh, your comedy life? Because you've put out a shit ton of videos. You have all these like, not not I don't I want to call them stupid funny, but they're kind of stupid funny. Like it's my kind of humor where there's these exaggerated characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I didn't know if like if that was your thing or if you're more of a stand-up guy. Well, I'm more of a stand-up guy, but. I'm just trying to get people to watch the videos so then I can get them to my shows. Oh, okay. A little publicity yeah. then. So like I'll do, I'll do, you know, jokes similar to the videos that I put out. Um, but they're more sort of, they're a bit smarter and they're more like thought out sort of conversational style things. Okay. Um, but yeah, like sometimes I'll have a joke that just doesn't, translate on stage and it just works better in a video so i'll just do that is it production or is there some kind of theme that you're noticing where you'll have a good idea but like what why i guess why does the video make it hit a little better oh i just think because if you said the things in conversation it wouldn't work because it's like it has to be like two characters talking to each other that's like my thing usually uh, yeah and I don't like I don't like doing characters on stage. I just like to be myself, like I'm talking now. Uh -huh. um, but on videos, because I like to act, so I like to um, you know play different characters and stuff. So I just leave that stuff for online. Dude, the the moving one was stupid funny. Well, was it proper movers or whatever? And like they're so dressed up, but then they're moving the shittiest couch. <laughs> like, oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the visual well, that actually, of that. Um, yeah, that was uh, my friend's idea, Shane. He's, he's a professional comedian. And um, he he was just like, because sometimes we'll do an odd job together for extra cash. Uh -huh. And we just do like, you know, moving furniture into a truck. We take it to wherever or dump or something. And when we're in the truck together, we come up with all these ideas. And we're like, oh, what if we just wear tuxedos? And then we could, you know, charge people a hundred to fucking four hundred dollars an hour right. to, to move their furniture. Surely some rich guy is willing to pay that. 
and then we're like, oh, well, maybe we could make a skit, make it an ad, and then, <laughs> you know, get some clients, see if that works. But it was mostly just for stupid fun, you know? Yeah. Dude, it, it was um the, like the beginning. I, I think it was the beginning. The dude's like, I don't know what the fucking food was. Like it, it looked like a shepherd's pie sandwich where he's like dipping fries in it or something. <laughs> No, that was a it was a meat pie, one of Australia's many dishes. Hey, okay. okay. I never, I don't know, n- never seen that meat pies. A like you just get them like at a Burger King, at a McDonald's. No, you, you get them at a, what you call a gas station. Oh, so it's like a little. I, I would call that a step below over here. Yeah, it's fucking horrible. Is it? <laughs> I love how you're looking at me. Like you're like common sense. Yeah, meat pie, like you get it out of the hot food section at the gas station. Oh, okay. I'm with you now. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's fucking shitty pastry in uh, plastic. Yeah, right. Do, what do you think about the meat in those things? Like how low quality of a meat is it? Oh, it's pretty bad, man. Like it's, you know... But I've never had any problems with it because I guess I was raised on it. And, you know, we we just shove, like, tomato sauce or barbecue sauce in there. Just this, you know, fucking diarrhea mess of a thing. And then we eat it. And surprisingly, our bodies, for some reason, because we're used to it, digest it pretty nicely. Yeah, you know. How much does it cost? Uh, they're, like, for $4. So probably, what's that, like... Two dollars US. Okay, I didn't know it was two to one. Um, yeah, then that's a great, actually a great value. Good lord. Well, not maybe it's not two to one. I think it's like maybe two point five to one or something. Oh shit. Okay, so then it'd be even cheaper. Yeah. That- yeah, I don't. Know. I just sometimes I'll just fucking buy some Bitcoin and it'll be in like US. So I'll I'll just base it on that. I don't even know what the exchange rate is. Okay. Dude, I didn't yeah. even think, does Bitcoin, so the value of Bitcoin changes by country? I hadn't even thought about that before. Oh, no, it doesn't change value. It's just the, the you just go, purchase. well, yeah, like, say, I can't even remember what it was. Bitcoin was like 50 grand at some point, which means in Australia, it's like 75 grand. Okay. So is it based off the US dollar then? When you buy a Bitcoin? Well, no, I don't think it matters. Like, you can just change the, you know, currency. The money that you're getting. The value is exactly the same. It's just the number on the screen is different. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that. Like, stock buying with, or Bitcoin buying, like cryptocurrency or stocks with uh, foreign funds. That's interesting. For some reason, I just thought like Bitcoin was Bitcoin. And I guess when I saw the $50,000 value in America, I would have thought it would have been just that regardless. But that wouldn't make sense because then you could go to like Mexico where it's like 18 to one and get a 60 grand Bitcoin for whatever, $20,000. Did you get right before the bubble where like you kind of got fucked? Did Elon fuck you? No, I never put enough money in for anyone to fuck me. I just sort of like chuck in 50 bucks here, 50 bucks there uh, every now and then. Everything. Um, but there was there was one coin called Wink. I remember I had my um 
my Arab friend. And I don't know if you know like Arabs, but they really get into Bitcoin, right? And they fu- he fucking, he had his friend call him. And he's like, bro, you got to fucking buy this coin, bro, straight away. This is like at midnight, right? <laughs> and he, for some reason, he just like trusts him. He doesn't even know this guy, but he trusts him. Because every time he listens to his advice, it does go up in value. Gotcha. Um, so he, so he's like to me, oi, bro, my mate just told me to buy this fucking wink coin, buy wink straight up. So I bought it and then it went up like a thousand percent. Dude, it, I, I've been amazed. And I guess it would have been the same over anywhere. The doji coin, the fucking dog one. Yeah. Like that, it, it's, this is blowing my mind how this cryptocurrency is it doesn't make any sense to raise that much in value. Like, I, do you wonder if you can actually get your money out or are you just going to like hold it? Do you have like a number or in your mind where you're like, all right, then I would sell it at this number. Um, not really. I just sort of go off instinct. I'm like, Oh, well it's probably, if it's gone up this much, it's probably going to go down at some point. But for me, it's like, if I've got 50 bucks in there, I don't care if I'm going to lose it. So I'm just going to wait till it just keeps going up. And then, you know, because if I put 50 bucks in, like that coin I was talking about, I only made like 250 bucks. Right. You know, Cause you which is like, which is good. But if I had put four grand in it, then I'd be having much better dinner. You know what I mean? No more meat pies. <laughs> no more meat pies. I'll be drinking, I'll be eating fucking oysters every night. You know, so... So, uh, yeah, I don't really have a number. Yeah, I got, fuck the, um, it was maybe a month ago, I got a tip on a penny stock, which I guess is a little bit like crypto. Um, I don't think they have the upside, but if you get in early enough, you can definitely flip it. And um, I had a number in mind that I wanted. So I got in at whatever, like 12 cents a share. It went up to 25 cents a share. And then like it was 26, 27. 28 and I had set like this floor um like an automatic sell for the day if it goes that thing went up all the way to like 38 40 cents a share so I had enough I had exactly what I wanted but then I got that mentality just like the addict's mentality of oh it'll keep going it'll hit a dollar you know like my my one grand will turn into 12 grand and then I start thinking of all the shit I can do yeah. with that and now I'm like down. My $1,000 is down to like 300 bucks. <laughs> it's like 80% in the red. And I'm like, you fucking idiot. So I like always try to have that discipline of like when I'm making those gambles, like, man, when you hit your target, sell. And I've, I've fucked myself the other way too. Like I've hit a target sold and then I watch the stock just keep going up. And then you, you, regret, you know, you think yeah. you're like, man, there's fucking 10 grand that I just pissed away for no point. Well, that's the worst, man, but it could have been worse, you know? Yeah, at least it does it. I mean, I, I I do try to keep that same mentality that you've got where it's just like 50 bucks if you lose it, no big deal. I, I don't want to like be the guy that puts in 10 grand on a stock just hoping that it's going to hit or something. Like it just, the anxiety would tear me up. Yeah, How? what was the time frame for that stock going up? Um, It, it wasn't like a, legit spike it went hit like bought it at 12 might have hit like 16 cents then 18 then 20 it wasn't like a quick jump from like 12 cents all the way to like 40 cents you know um well, well it's like in the course of a few months or a few weeks or oh no yeah a few weeks 
few weeks. So uh, it was an artificial intelligence um, technology stock, and they wound up just getting a contract. And I guess that was the bump on it. And the CEO wound up retiring because it had underperformed. And if you looked at its like past history, fucking thing traded at like twenty dollars a share like two three years ago. And I'm like, you're down to yeah, twelve cents a share. Like, there's got to be something where you get some value back, you know. Um, but what yeah, do I? Yeah. I'm just going off my instincts, which are. If where if I was a natural in my natural habitat in the woods, I'd be dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'd be um, trying to trade your sticks for whatever makes fire or something. <laughs> yeah, but except it, I would like turn down gasoline and I would accept water, hoping that it would turn into fire. <laughs> right, but at least you're hydrated, man. You don't want to get dehydrated. <laughs> That's a good point. While well, you're freezing to death. Just die. Yeah. <laughs> Happy hydrated death. <laughs> yeah. So how big is, is it crypto scene like with the youth more so over there or is it just a, a huge thing? Cause it's all over the news here and we have like the Robin, Robin hood trading app and all that where it seems like there's a shit ton of day traders just getting into it, at least over here in America. Um, yeah, there's like, there's heaps. It's mostly just millennials. Like the baby boomers are like, what the f- fuck is that? You know, but that's just, you know, that's Australian mentality sort of ingrained. They're like, I, I like to earn my money sort of thing. How the fuck's this kid going to flip 10 grand in a day? Um, right. but, but they do sometimes. I think Gen X is probably really on top of it. Um, but, you know, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty popular. Like I don't really see many people talking about it as much as Americans because like, I don't know. It's just an American thing, I guess. Being greedy. <laughs> Trying Maybe, to get rich yeah. quick. <laughs> yeah, probably. You guys made casinos, didn't you? I don't know if we made them, but there's definitely a ton of them over here. Uh, I had a feeling that Native Americans made casinos. I don't. So I think, and I know nothing about this, but here's what I would say. I don't believe they made them. What I think happened is as part of like, I don't know if it's reparations, but basically the guilt for taking and wiping out your entire culture and society and giving you the shittiest land on some of the most plentiful earth that God made we're going to let you not pay taxes. So I believe the reason why they have those casinos and why they're kind of famous is because all the money, like if you live in a state like Utah that doesn't allow gambling, but if there's an Indian reservation on that, in that state, they are allowed to do whatever the fuck they want. They're their own country, their own entity, and they do not have to pay taxes or abide by as many of the laws as the state people do. Right. Now, that is hilarious. The fact that they act like they're doing... The fact that the American government acts like they're doing Native Americans a favor? Well, because Native Americans are like, well, let's let's get these guys back for, you know, whatever... I don't know what your history is, but like taking our land or whatever. And we're just going to make them think that they're going to make a lot of money, but really, it's like a... <laughs> one to nine chance that you make money, but it feels good. So it's like, yeah. And they're fucking, they just breed addiction. I mean, that's hilarious to me. 
Yeah, it would be it would be next level manipulation if they figured out a way to have like turn America into a bunch of degenerates just so that they could get their land back, right? They're yeah, like, well, they're like we're playing like the long game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, it's um, I, it's funny that you think that it's like a little bit of that reputation. I don't, I really don't think Native Americans invented casinos. I think it's just famous for that. No, I think I just fucking saw it on a Family Guy episode or something. <laughs> that sounds like a Family know. Guy thing. <laughs> Nothing I say is like accurate. I just say shit. Gotcha. I I do I kind of enjoy that. Like almost like the think aloud process. Yeah. Just yeah, it's see. good. Yeah, I love I love spreading misinformation to people. I think it's really funny. <laughs> What's, what would be some good misinformation about Australia? Like if you were the only person to be the exact stereotype that everyone based their Australian preferences and ideals on, what would you like to fuck around with people's minds with? Well, if people thought I was the stereotype in Australia, then they would probably have, they'll think, how the fuck does the country run? You're that bad, huh? Yeah, but I'm not. I'm just focused on my own shit. I don't care about, you know, the environment or anything. Um, I, do, I do my best to put the fucking right thing in the right bin, but apparently I'm wrong. My housemate's like, no, I don't put this in the, you got to put this in the red one. All right, well, I'll just leave it on the bench and then you can deal with it. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I fucking, Yeah. That's another just, interesting difference. Like in America, it's like just throw it all in one tub and recycle it. And we're hoping to get you to that point. And like, hey, don't put your greasy pizza box in there. That's not recyclable. Or your dirty milk jug. Could you rinse it out? Like that. that's like yeah. the basic recycling messages that they're trying to get out there. Well, I was at my friend's house yesterday and I was sort of helping him clean his house. And um. I was like, which bin does this go in? He's like, doesn't matter, bro. It all just goes to the same river in Indonesia. (laughs) And I don't know, he might be right. Dude, there's something to be said about that. (laughs) Yeah. That, uh, I had actually heard about that too, where, um, like part of what I think it was when Trump got into office, there was a little bit maybe a two month stretch where he had pissed China off and China was like, fuck you guys. We're no longer buying your trash. (laughs) And I was like, what? And you start reading it and it would just be barges of trash that we would tell China like, Hey man, take this trash and we'll give you whatever a million dollars. And it was like, Nope, no longer taking your trash. So I wonder if like Indonesia saw opportunity. They were like, let's buy on the dip. Yeah, they were like, how do we make fucking, how do we make things as cheap as China and sell them to the US? We'll just recycle their trash. Right. Just send it here. We'll sift through it, sell it back to you. Yeah, we'll just, we'll make an iPhone or something. <laughs> A lot. Yeah. Do you guys have that? So we're not, apparently in America, we're not allowed to have those. They're all the devil's phone. Right, yeah, I saw some surveillance fucking devil shit with that. I don't know. But um yeah, people people got Huawei's here, they're not very good. Oh really? 
Yeah, they're just a shitty Android phone. Gotcha. Yeah, I've noticed that too. I bought some Samsung from Walmart for like $45. Um, and it's like within three months, man. I don't know if I have some sort of like computer virus from going to terrible websites that are on it. But it's just the processing speed is it's like a second grader doing algebra. I can't like it even just what? to bring up Chrome, it uh takes forty five seconds. It doesn't seem like long, but when you're so used to like click, 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 it's um it's ridiculous. Yeah, well if it's forty five dollars then I'd probably expect that. Right? Yeah, I needed to. I just I yeah. thought Well um, I got this uh I got this one plus um six off ebay it's from china and it was like 600 bucks that's what i film all my videos on oh, and really? it's like yeah it's like well you can tell that my videos aren't the best quality but they're not bad you know yeah they and look great like, on my android man they're fucking like 5g high def on my android oh yeah yeah well <laughs> maybe on iphone they look fucking like pixels but i don't know <laughs> right yeah, but that's it's a it's a really good phone and it's fast, has a lot of fucking storage. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you do for the? Do you have like some sort of marketing strategy, or do you just like making the videos, putting it out there, and you just try to have shit be more organic? Um. Yeah, I want to be organic. I sort of. Yeah, I'm trying to build like a loyal fan base. Instead of being like, oh, what what's going to work? Because I used to be like that a little bit. I was like, oh, what, what do I have to do? I have to move my hand like this. I have to be like the TikTok people and like point to the fucking title and, and dance. And I've got to have the right song and, and it's got to be trending and I've got to have the right hashtags. I still do that a little bit. But it's like, yeah, I just try to make shit that's funny, man, like that people like. Right. And how did yeah. you get into comedy? Um, well, I was just watching it all the time on YouTube. And then I was in the, I was here in the sunny coast, which is like north of Brisbane a little bit. And there was no, nowhere to perform. So I was like, okay, what do I do? Cause I really want to do it. I just got some friends together in my backyard. And I just said some terrible jokes. Did you like have to bribe them with beer or anything like that? Or how old were you? Maybe I shouldn't assume juice boxes. No, I was 19. I was just like, I was like, yeah, come over for some pre-drinks. And they, they come over to like, why are their chairs outside set up? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm doing a stand up. So I wrote this big script of shit and I tried to memorize it. And it was just, terrible because you kept trying to like remember what the next line would be you didn't feel like it flowed or you didn't feel like you could um, yeah yeah well yeah it was hard to memorize all of it but it was also like i just wanted to try stand-up comedy i didn't care about writing a good joke isn't that the point of stand-up comedy that's like most stand-up comics it's fucking terrible so I, yeah, so I fucking, three years later, I tried it again, and I was still, like, just, you know, doing it for fun, or felt like I have, 
had to do it. And then fast forward like another two years, I was watching um, a lot of podcasts and then I was getting into a lot of different comedians and I was like, you know what, I think I want to do this for good. So I was getting to that age where I was like, i got to decide on a path, you know, otherwise I'm going to end up fucking working at Woolworths forever. Is that the grocery store? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. 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 I'm yeah. Good. Cause I wasn't going to go to university or anything. No, why not? I just, I'm just an artist, man. Like I just don't have, I don't have the right mind set to be an engineer or anything. I'm not good at maths. So I was like, I'm just, I have to do art at some level. Like I have other skills in like sales and, you know, customer service and whatever, but this is just, I needed to figure out an art form to stick to. And that was it. Is your family cool with the whole artist thing? No college. Is there any pressure there to be? No, no, like my mom for a few years, she ran an art gallery and and she used to take me to exhibitions and my dad's a graphic designer. So he would, you know, introduce me to all his students that were like crazy fucked up artists like me. And yeah, they're really, they're really cool with it, but they're not artists. It's really weird. No, no. Like they're, they're very just like teacher type people. Oh yeah. 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 I see what you're saying. They were both high school teachers and they met in university. Right. So yeah, they were like, just going down that path of being teachers, but they liked art. And that's, you know, where that came from. Gotcha. That's cool, man. 19 years old, man. That's some balls to like try to, I, I don't know, just invite your people over and spring a comedy show on them. What were some of the, t- did you save the script? Do you look back on it and like, see if you can bring any of it to life now? I remember some of the jokes. Yeah. And anything good that I should hear? Um, that'll make me think less of you apparently (laughs) not really dude i remember i had some fucking obscure joke about how i was trying to be smart as well like i had this joke where i would get pulled over by a cop and then he'd be like you know i was like a a russian or something in the story and he would he'd be like oh you're you look pretty drunk do you want to come out and walk and then as i would walk i would jump and then I'd turn into this babushka doll and I'd kept fucking jumping out of myself and getting smaller. And he's like, oh, this is what the Russians are like. They're all babushka dolls. It's so fucking dumb. Right. <laughs> That's the only joke I remember. But a great fucking concept for a video. Like that would be one, right? Where you would like try to like minimize and shit like that. That would play well. Yeah. Not bad. Not a bad concept. Yeah. <laughs> okay. How much time did you, um, your first bit or your, would you call it a bit? Your first script, like how much time did you put into the writing of it? Uh, probably like three hours. Okay. For about how long? I'm always curious on the payoff for like time in versus time out. Yeah, it was probably five to 10 minutes. I can't remember. That's in That just makes no sense to me, man. I, I, I just one page. Yeah, to spend that long on such short amount of return, time-wise. 
time-wise. Not, and I, I hear it from like everybody who's like talks about comedy and it's just so hard for me to wrap my mind around. Like, how, how do you do that, man? You just stay on the Russian thing for like 45 minutes, writing different ways to go, different paths for the jokes. You, are you like critiquing wording? Well, when I write jokes now, I'm just kind of like, what, what I want to achieve with this joke. And it's like, sometimes the goal of the joke is to make people feel a certain way. Or I want to usually misdirect. That's what I like to do is like, take them down one path and then quickly go down another one and then surprise them okay. with like a, with like a decent punchline. So yeah, it's just whatever. Sometimes I'll be like, Oh, I want, I really want to write a joke about McDonald's. So I'll try and think of every angle. Like what's, what's funny about McDonald's? Like there's, you know, people being careless about making the burgers so I'll write that down as a thing on the list. And then there's like people getting, you know, upset that the drive through is taking so long. There's, you know, there's drunk people. There's all these things that could be funny. And then I try to make a story in there. Okay. So it's almost just like a brainstorm web. And then you just yeah. pick an idea as you focus on something. And you're like, oh, I could go this way with this idea. And then, oh, man, if I go back here this way. Yeah, okay. but a lot of my writing and a lot of my jokes, it just comes to me out of nowhere because I'm always trying to do stuff to be creative. Like, like the other night I played poker for the first time, and the only reason I did it was just to do something different and to get out of my comfort zone. And then the next day I just woke up with like three jokes just popped into my head like that, and I just... I'd walk around and just record them on my phone like this. And yeah. Dude, I bet you there is something to activating parts of your brain or adding to your perception by just doing different things. It's almost like changing up a workout routine, right? You're going to hit yeah. different muscles. Yeah. That's a good point. I never, um, never thought about that. Online. Hey man, if you ever stuck being creative, like sometimes I'll sit down and try to write and it's very rigid. Like I need to write a joke right now, but it never, I never come up with anything good. So I just fucking walk around, do shit. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, um, I don't know, man. It's, it's that flow state that seems to be very hard to actually describe. And it seems like people get there in different ways. A lot of people will try to do drugs or try to drink to get to that creative level. But I do, it can, I don't know. It's funny. Like you probably could achieve it if you just altered your state of mind, maybe not with pills, but with activities to just try to click some other region of your brain. Yeah. And you know, it's funny, like many times I will, you know, go out with some friends and get fucking wasted drunk. Like, and I'd be like, Oh, this is fucking research. <laughs> I'm not actually, I'm not, fucking being hedonistic i'm just trying to find new material but but i realized every time i'd get drunk i can't actually i don't actually think like i'm just which is kind of a blissful state right it can be but yes. but, but like i don't think of any cool jokes when i'm drunk so i'm like well this is kind of pointless yeah have you ever like set them into the phone 
just like where you were describing walking around or like you come up with this great bit and you're like, just got to go to the bathroom for like five minutes and you're leaving yourself a message and the next day you listen to it and it's nothing but slurred yeah. gibberish. Yeah, some of it's okay. Like, oh, most of my jokes, like if I'm out, I'll just, I'll just type it in my notes okay. and then, um, yeah, I'll look at it in the morning or whatever and be like, what the fuck is that? That's bullshit. Why did I write that? Or, you know, I'll just be walking down the street, don't have time to look down at my phone, so I'll just record it like that. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I don't really I don't really come up with ideas when I'm drunk, so, yeah, I leave that for maybe one day a week to drink, you know? One day a week, huh? That seems low for a stereotypical Australian and 25-year-old. Yeah, well, I'm just trying to get on stage every night, man. I don't really have time to drink. Uh, okay. How hard is it? Or like, Unless it's like, what was that? Yeah, I'm just curious, like, how hard is it? Is it an open mic scene or a lack of? Do you have to, like, pay some sort of, uh, like, you almost buy your own stage time? Um. So, yeah, there's a fair few mics around. Not as many as Melbourne, but there's, like... You know, a couple here and there where you, like, sign up online. But it's a real fucking knife. Like, it's a dogfight, dude. Like, there's so many comedians competing to get a spot, right? So they'll have a – usually in this group, there's the Brisbane group and then they have um, the comedy clubs post in there with the links to sign up for an open mic. And then like 30 people sign up and then they pick 10 or something like that. So it can be really hard. So what I did was because I was like still coming up, you know, I've only been doing comedy for like less than two years. So I'm not at a level where I can really do professional shows. So I hit up some mates that were having house parties and I said, hey, can I perform? And they're like, yeah, sure. And they gave me like 50 bucks and I did like 10 minutes or whatever. Oh, and shit. I was doing it that way. And so I was getting the practice that I needed. Still not like a professional venue, but still something. And then from there, I was just trying to send those videos that I got at the house parties to people. This guy keeps ringing me. Sorry, dude. Um, <laughs> And, and then I would show like bookers and stuff and they'd be like, oh, you're actually good. We'll have you. And so that's how I did that. And then if I'm not getting enough stage time, then I'll just approach a licensed venue and say, can I put on a show? And then I'll, I'll just host it, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell them, you know, give me some money and I'll get you like a really good headliner. You guys will make heaps of money off drinks and then that's it. Okay, that makes sense then. Like trying to actually have loyal followers who will like who are into it versus being fake this way. If you're, yeah, you know, you can then say it. Does it feel weird like you're pimping out people when you're like, hey man, I can bring in whatever twenty people, a hundred people, and they'll buy a bunch of drinks? Do you feel cheap for selling your loyal followers out? Well, not really. What do you? <laughs> Like, well, like they're, they're buying drinks. Yeah. I mean, people 
they drink anyway. <laughs> That's a good point. You know, my, all my friends drink. They're all like twenty to twenty six. Um, yeah, I, I I don't really feel like a pimp. But <laughs> funny way to put it. I think it was I was talking with another guy about that, and he said one reason he got out of um, forget what he was doing. He was trying to do like this game show thing online, and he felt. I hadn't thought about it before, but he just felt like he was using people to get clicks. And I was like, it's an interesting, like, I don't have that guilt. Does that mean I'm like online psychotic? Am I a sociopath? Because I don't feel like I'm getting clicks. I, I think like that's just kind of almost where like society is almost like stocks or Bitcoin where it's just yeah, almost more like an excuse to get together. It's not like I'm explicitly exploiting you. Yeah. Okay. So I'll tell you what I did. You might've seen the video that I released the other day. It was uh, a marketing thing for this show that I was putting on. I did not. Uh, I'd seen a couple. The last one, I, I stopped at one when it started getting like something like Australia cultural references with a dude buying a liquor or dude buying like a Christmas present. And like the punchline was bag or something. And I'm like, I don't get it. <laughs> but yeah. it felt more Australian. That's why. Well, because bag over here means cocaine. Uh, that makes a lot more sense then. <laughs> that, that character that I was portraying, they love that. So, yeah. <laughs> that makes a lot more sense then. <laughs> I don't know what your blue collar scene is like over there, but yeah, they love it over here. Gotcha. No, I'm sorry. I didn't. That was the last one that I had um, remembered about the, the social distance spotting one was stupid funny. Like that's the stupid funny I like. <laughs> the fucking barbells just on the guy's chest, and he can't get it off. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> like that kind of just dumb shit. You know, it's coming, and then you just like. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, what was up yeah. with the marketing video? Oh well, yeah, so I was I was talking with my housemate because she's like this really hot chick. So I was like, "Hey, do you want to be in my video for this um for this show, and we'll get more people there?" And she's like, "Yeah, sure. Like, she's really cool. Like, I'll get my tits out whenever." I was like, "No, oh, you don't have to do that, but all right, we you can you can show your tits a little bit." She's like, "All right, cool." So so I I filmed this video, and I just made it fucking you know completely obvious that it's promotion, and I was make. I purposely made it like really bad acting. And so I was like, she's like, I'm, I'm uh, promoting a comedy show at seven. Would you like to come? And she hands me the fly and I was like, wow, yes, I would love to come. And then she's like, I hope people click this video since I have my cleavage showing, you know? So, and then I put her as the, as the cover of the video, right? So when people see it, they see her first. Uh, shit. Clickbait. And I got, yeah, and I got like fucking 100 shares, like people sending it to people. Look at this hot chick, bro. Like fucking let's go to this show. Right. And then so many people rocked up. It was crazy. Now, did she get a cut? Or you were like, uh, the internet fame's enough for you? No, nah, she just did it to help out. She's this really nice friend of mine. Yeah, that's sweet. That's a good, that's a good friend. I, I help her with other things and all that stuff. She's got a business herself and, you know, yeah, we just help each other out. But that is sort of what you were talking about. Like 
and not like being a psychopath because of using people to get clicks. Like that's that's what I was doing, but I was being overly explicit about it. This is what I'm doing. I'm telling you this is what I'm doing. I'm not being like, oh yeah, no, I didn't mean to put a tits there. Like, right. Yeah, right. obviously I did. <laughs> so. Dude, I love the house party idea. I had not thought of that. I um, I had another comedian on a couple of years ago, Jonesy, and he went around to um, he was in Los Angeles, and I guess they have like these apartment complexes that share common areas. And when he was trying to get um, stage time in front of people, he would go up to them and say, "Hey, man, you want to have a stand-up comedian on Friday nights? You can advertise in your apartment building because they're always looking to like." have some sort of cause to charge you an extra whatever $200 a month for your fees. And he wound up lining up like four or five different apartment complexes that he would uh, regularly perform at. And I thought that was genius. Um, the house party thing to me though, is like just as good, man. Like that's a brilliant idea. What was he, what's the, what's the vibe of these apartment complexes? Like what's the event? It, it, he's the event. So he would basically, it would basically be like comedy night at your apartment complex. Oh yeah. Well, that's, that's even better than what I was doing, man. Yeah. Why do you think that? Well, because half of the people don't know that I'm going to be there. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so they're like playing Scrabble. And they're like, they're like, the like, oh yeah, I can't wait to go to Ari's birthday for his, I'm going to, have a great time with the music and fucking dance and stuff. What the fuck is this guy talking about? Why has he got a microphone? <laughs> he keeps asking but for like, my attention. <laughs> yeah, so I would basically approach people that were already having parties and be like, can I do some time? And most of the time they'd be like, yeah. But a lot of the time there'd be just like people chatting over here. There'd be people yelling, hecklers blah, 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 you suck, tell us a funny joke, can't, you know, and, um, but most of it was good, yeah. Why do you think, is heckling like a natural human state to just rag on someone who's trying? Like, what is it about? Why, why do people heckle? Um, it's a, it's an interesting concept to heckle. It's like, I don't know. There's a there's some people do it because they have actually a good intention and they want to help you and they want to, you know, be a part of the atmosphere. Um, most of the time that doesn't work, but sometimes, dude, and this is harsh to say, but the hecklers actually help the shitty comedians, um, you know, with the with something funny that they say and it. And it prompts the comedian to, you know, work off that, you know, so it's a, it's a hard one to tackle, but for the most part, it's just a, a insecure person trying to, um, you know, throw the comedian off or, you know, just ruin the fucking show. But yeah, maybe it's like half and half. Like I think most people are just, too drunk to be self-aware that they're actually making a scene or a problem. They just think 
they're being rowdy. It's just part of the atmosphere, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's it, it's hard for me to wrap my head around just like publicly trying yeah. to shame someone who's like maybe the house party things like not the best example, but for the most part, like people go there expecting the comedy. So like you paid money to then tell someone how terrible they are. I just, it's very hard, but we do it for sports yeah. teams all the time at the same, at the same time, right? Like you buy a sports ticket and you have no problem shouting at sports players that they're terrible. Yeah. That I don't understand that. That's even weirder to me to yell at a fucking football player, you know, as if he can fucking hear you almost uh, right. <laughs> from the back of the stadium down to the bottom. Bust the fucking what? Fuck you, umpire, whatever, like referee mistake that they made or whatever. I don't know. Right. Yeah. The sports thing was always weird to me because just making fun of an athlete from the safety of distance. I, I don't know, man. Like you're not going to say that shit to some dude that's six, three two twenty, and fucking 3% body fat, right? Like walking down the road, you're not going to tell him he sucks at catching if he drops his car keys, but absolutely not. Right. But like, it's funny that people don't treat <clears throat> comedians with that same respect. Like no heckler. I don't think many hecklers are scared. Some comedians going to kick their ass. And I wonder if that's part of it. It's funny you say that. I've got a story for you. <laughs> um, this, this only happened the other night. I don't actually. I wasn't actually there, but I just heard from a friend of a comedian that I know. He was on stage, and there was this guy who kept heckling, and the comedian just said, "Shut the fuck up." He was hosting the show, or whatever. And then he's like, "He's like, all right, I'll I'll shut up." And then the comedian went to grab his hand to shake his hand like it's all good. We're, you know, moving on. And then instead of shaking his hand, the heckler just went up and fucking knocked him one. Right? <laughs> sucker punch. Yeah, he sucker punched him onto the stage. And so the host fucking, he just lost. This guy was like, I don't know, South African, I think. So he fucking like took the dude out of the club and beat him up in the alleyway. Like just dropped the mic and was like, it's fucking on or like after the show. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I can't, I don't actually know the full story, whether it was after the show or during all <laughs> I heard was he was beating this dude up in the alley. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good. That's yeah. all I could say. <laughs> good. Unless the guy died, then it would be bad. But like, it, oh, it, that's the that's the thing. I mean, he might have been a professional. He maybe he knew what he was doing, but for me, I always think like, dude, if if I hit someone and they hit their head on the pavement, it it could be all over for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. Just because not that I'm a not that I'm a good fighter or anything. I don't really get into fights, but like that shit scares the fuck out of me. Unintended consequences. Yeah. I, I, the venue thing too. Like, so do you have like a little group that goes around and you're like, Hey man, we can do a comedy night at this bar. Is that how that works? No, I just do it myself. I don't really have any groups. And then what's the time. So then you're just filling in, I guess I'm trying to think of like if a typical bits five or 10 minutes are venues okay with 
that short of a time, like, cause I, I guess I'm comparing it to a band that does three hours, 45 minutes on 15 minute off kind of a thing where they do sets, you know? Yeah. So what I did was at the last show uh, last week that I organized, I had organized like a, um, 15 minute comedian and then another 15 minute comedian and then a 30 minute headliner. And then, so I would do five minutes at the start and then I'll do like five, to seven minutes just before the headliner. That's all I did. That's, that's me hosting the show. Oh, okay. Got you. Got you. Like I've got, I've got enough material now where I can host a show pretty well. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much how it does. So the show ran for two hours. Okay. So yeah, that's what I'm talking about then. The other the other comedians. Is that just a group of friends that you run with? Or do you reach out to different people you hear about that are popular in the area? Um, usually I'll see them on stage and I just either see their potential to do, you know, a 15-minute slot at this place or this place. He'd be right for here. Or, you know, I just think they're really funny. Or even I'll see a video of them and just reach out to them and say, come to a spot. Yeah. Okay. I'm but some, some of them are friends, yeah. Always curious about that. Do you... Yeah. So what's keeping... I'm not saying this in, like, any sort of insulting way. It's more like the mind process way. But, like, what would keep you from being the headliner? Um, because... I, well, like I said, I've only been doing this for two years and I don't have enough material that works to fit in 30 minutes. So, and also I'm not at the stage where I'm very good at remembering 30 minutes of material. So I, I've like the guy that I booked to do 30 minutes, he's been doing comedy for 30 years. Okay. You know, and I wanted it to be a really good show for the first, you know, round. And I knew if I headlined, then it wouldn't have been as good because I've got a more experienced person doing it. And that's just, you know, it just comes down to self-awareness at the end of the day. Yeah. No, that, that seemed wise to me, especially if you're going to start trying to go down or that's going to be one of the paths you can go down. You don't want to fuck your rep over like on the first show. Yeah. Right. No, uh, even even hosting it was just a tiny bit over my level. Why is that? Uh, just because I haven't hosted that many shows. You know what I mean? No, well, I guess I was more thinking like what a like what was the challenge that made you feel it was a little over your level? Um, the challenge was probably because it had like a professional show kind of feel to it, and it was it was the first time I was getting paid a decent amount of money. So it was like I had to really deliver, you know, to meet the expectations of the patrons having their first because what you gotta understand is is this place like that I live in on the Sunshine Coast is fuck all comedy. Like there's not much at all. <laughs> and so you you gotta deliver on the first round a really good show so that people will want more right because in the city they're like oh i can just go to comedy tomorrow night or i can just do it the next night blah 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 but here it's like oh there's a comedy show coming up in three months we've got to be there so it's like you know that's sort of 
that was the expectation that I had to reach. And is it, do you find yourself super critical of yourself to feel you're overwhelmed? Like, how did you gauge that you were overwhelmed? How do you not think you did like a fucking, like a, a great job? No, I did do a great job, but what, I, what I'm trying to say is, oh, I fucking killed it, mate. Like, um, it was just what I think you've got to do at all times is just go a tiny bit over your comfort zone everywhere. Yeah, for sure. With everything that you do, you know. So, so this show was like just a tiny bit over that, like my level. You know, so I had that incentive to over-deliver, over-prepare and, you know, produce a good show. So I, I, it wasn't like that big of a challenge. I would say the challenge probably was getting, getting people to laugh that have never been to a comedy show. I feel like that would be simple. It'd be like tickling a child for the first time. That like they just discovered this emotion in them. They're like, oh, do it again, do it again. <laughs> yeah, well, there was a few people like that, but the other people were like, why is this guy talking to me? Uh, I feel uncomfortable because like I do a lot of crowd interaction, and like they, uh, yeah, sometimes they just didn't know how to act, and um, you know there were certain seating arrangements that were maybe awkward for some people. I don't know. It's uh, like, cause there would be that, like strangers at the same table kind of a thing. Yeah. That, that sort of thing. And like, okay, well, not really like most of the tables were booked for, you know, that group of people, but like, yeah, there was a bit of that. And that, that is don't know how to act as audience members cause they've never been to a comedy show, you know? So that's just, that's part of it. But, it was it was fine for the most part. How do you do crowd? How do you prep for crowd interaction? I don't. Oh, so it's just part of your thing where you get up there and you just try to figure it out it, and you spot some tendencies that you're like, oh, I have a good joke for this, or does most of it come to you on the spot? Yeah. Like you have a backward well, hat joke, you're like, oh god, I hope backwards hat guy. I hope I hope sombrero wearer comes in tonight. No, not really. I'd, sometimes I'll scan the room before I go on stage and I'll be like, yeah, I'm going to pick on that guy. I'm going to pick, I've got something for him. Um, and then I'll go on stage and they'll fucking leave or something. <laughs> so, so that, so that doesn't really work. So yeah, I think this, one of the thrills of this job is like, you have to, you get, you get the privilege of improvising and, you get to use that skill where you, maybe you don't, especially like if you're acting, you don't get to improvise that much. I found like, you know, you have to stick to a very tight script. And so this is like complete freedom, man. Like you can just do whatever. Gotcha. I've always wondered with people who give it to the crowd, like, um, like almost like professional heckler headhunters or crowd interactors. If they have like the, Oh, look for the old guy with the young girl definitely going to get this joke across here. You know, look for a biracial couple, definitely going to get this joke here. And I wondered if they just had those like stereotypical bits that they um, would pull out. Well, they probably, they probably do. They probably, uh, it takes time to do that. Definitely. You need to do a lot of crowds and 
you need a lot of experience to know what works and yeah just like when to say it and what to say how to say it and all that so it's like yeah i think if you have pre-prepared crowd work it can be good but just i would just never rely on it that's all yeah because you never know have you have you planted laughs been like you know like you whatever you tell your boys like look man i'll pick up your tab but i just want you to fucking sit in the back and laugh your ass off every time i tell a joke (laughs) well if i bring a friend to a show that's what i expect them to do anyway but like (laughs) i i don't i like to uh keep it completely authentic as much as possible yeah be like buying followers or some shit like that right even dude even like I had like 20 people come to that show that were close friends of mine. And so I was like, hey, guys, if you don't find something funny, do not fucking laugh because or even just because I'm saying something, don't laugh because like, um, you know, it, it boosts my ego for the wrong reasons. Yeah, it's a false, false confidence. And then all of a sudden you're screwed. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like if... Louis C.K. fans go see him, they're going to laugh at pretty much anything he says in a way. Ah, uh, that's a good point. Yeah. But that that's because I guess they know – that would be your point of like you know what to do at a comedy show. You find the rhythm of when you're supposed to laugh. You notice the facial expression and then you're like, okay, yeah. I, I don't all out laugh here. I just give them a little giggle because we're building up speed or stamina right now. Well, that's, that's it, man. But that's why – even, you know, hopefully I build a huge fan base. Um, even when I'm doing shows to them, I'll still do shows in the middle of nowhere to people that don't know me who might fucking hate me. So I just, I love that. Do you study, so you brought up Louis C.K. Do you have comedians that you try to study? Well, and I guess I'm coming at it like this. Like I'm a teacher And I've been in a bunch of different classrooms. I've been pretty fortunate where I can watch people and say, this meets my style. This is good. This is not. And I'm trying to knock that. And I do that with basketball coaching as well. Like I enjoy this style. So I emulate these people. I didn't know if you're so organic, you don't want to be like influenced or if you think there's a good thing, like people that you get, I don't know, rhythms from, bit, bit formation from. Yeah, I um, I don't want to be influenced by anyone, so I get advice from everyone. <laughs> Basically, yeah. So I remember watching um, I remember watching a documentary with Mac DeMarco. Do you know him? No. He's uh, he's a Canadian uh, indie rock artist, and he um, he basically says that he steals his music from this guy and this guy and this guy, and he makes his own thing. And also uh, Tarantino does that with his movies. He'll steal, he'll steal, um, what does he steal? Um, I can't remember anything in particular, but he'll steal things from old movies. He'll steal things from romantic comedies and he'll make it his fucking whatever the fuck I don't know what you call it, gangster crime. Yeah, would it be like a trope? Actual three-hour movie shit, whatever he makes. And 
So he's basically just taking influences and making his own. That's what I do. And who are those people for you? Like, where do you look? Um, well, I look, I look at Norm McDonald's. He's number oh, one. Shit. What you does he him? do? You dude, I fucking um, as a teen, I I forget. I remember he was first in Billy Madison as like the drunk friend. Yeah. And then I can't remember the movie. I just remember smoking so much and just laughing my ass off. I think he was trying to like kill his boss. It was like a butler or something. Hmm. Fuck. I might have to Google it. But dude, you, your videos remind me of Norm McDowell. (laughs) That's a good call. Really? How so? It, it's like the dry, I, again, like I'd call it the stupid humor where like you're able to be so serious while doing the funny thing. And like, it, it's almost like you, like people can't tell like, wait, is this real? What, what, or is he actually believe this? Like I always felt that way with Norm MacDowell. Like he would just say and be extremely like, he would be not polarizing, but he would be doing something to make you laugh. And maintain the most serious countenance while doing it yeah I, I really hope that it doesn't look like i'm copying him in any way um but yeah that's that's one of my main influences yeah kind of want to look up that name do you know what has he been up to or what have you what do you watch of his i think i've watched every single thing he's ever fucking done <laughs> and uh do you have some favorites I have, um, I've got to say, the the appearances on Conan are probably one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Just because, like, he uh, he completely deconstructed Conan's um, platform, which is, you know, throwing out the pre-interview altogether and just sort of throwing him off to make him like present. That's next level. That seems like a graduate level breakdown to me. I, I didn't even think about it. Like, what do you mean break throw okay. off a like, pre-interview and get right to it? Well, so what these late night hosts will do is like, they'll have a comedian come on and before the show, they will go through what they're going to talk about. Right. Okay. And so then Norm McDonald will get on there and be like, Conan will ask him one of the pre-interview questions and then Conan will be like, and then Norm will be like, what? What the fuck are you talking about? Sort of thing. In front of this live fucking audience. And so now Conan's thrown off his game and doesn't know what to do. Oh, it's gotcha. fucking hilarious. Dude. Like, <laughs> that shit takes some balls and it's real, you know? Yeah, right? Yes. Um, I googled while you were talking. Dirty Work is the movie I was thinking about. I don't know where I got the butler thing from, but I feel like there was a butler in there somewhere. I didn't know it was yeah. directed by Bob Saget. How about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great movie. Unscrupulous businessman to be paid. Yeah, that, I, I don't know why that stuck out to me, but like just... Was he in... um? What was the Dave Chappelle movie? Not Too High. What was the Dave Chappelle movie in the 90s? I'm talking to you like you were a kid of the 90s, like I was. 
No, I think it was Half-Baked. Half-Baked, yeah, man. Was Norm MacDowell in that? Yeah. Was... I think he might have been. Yeah, I remember watching that, like, when I was a kid. <laughs> Kindergarten movie for you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was, like, obsessed with weed, but I never actually smoked it. Really? Obsessed just with, like, the lifestyle of it? Well... I mean, not really. I mean, the lifestyle looked pretty fucking boring and sad. But, like, I don't know. I think it was just the whole illegal thing that was attractive to me. That makes sense. I feel like that's... Like, over, over in the States, like, that shit's legal everywhere, so I don't know. Uh, sporadically. It's it's a weird it's a weird legality over here, man. It's um not federally legal... And so then different states are allowed to have their own laws. Like California just has pot shops. Colorado, probably the most famous pot shops, like just like a beer, you know, buy a pre-roll joint, um, Seattle or Washington. But like in Delaware, it's decriminalized under an ounce and it's medically allowed. So if you get a card for like PTSD or, um, anxiety there's seven or eight different criteria you got to meet uh you can go to a dispensary but they limit the dispensaries there's only like five or ten in the whole state and it's a total monopoly grab so like you buy an ounce of state of delaware pot and it's whatever fucking four hundred dollars if you got a friend who's a connection you got something for two you know it's it's a weird dynamic yeah true well I think that sort of takes the fun out of it because I want to smoke weed and, you know, worry about the cops uh, taking me down, you know. Get to paranoia right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like uh, sleeping with your ex's sister or something like that. Like it's it's wrong, but it feels better. That That's why you do it. <laughs> Just cause it's I, don't wrong. Know, I don't know if that's a good analogy at all, but yeah. <laughs> Maybe X's brother would be a better one on a couple different levels. Yeah, yeah. Man, that so who else aside from Norm MacDonald? Well, I like Louis C.K. Um, I like I like uh, Dylan Moran from the UK. Um, who else? Who else do I watch? I fucking I watch so many people. I just can't even remember. I like Tim Dillon. Do you know him? Sounds familiar, but I can't picture him. Just, just a fat gay dude that fucking rants, and he's he he feels he looks like a fucking car salesman, and he's just ranting about shit. Um, who else? I like, like, um, I don't like any Australian comedians. <laughs> Are there Australian comedians? I know there's some Australian actors that I'm aware of, but I don't know. Are there like limelight Australian comedians? Um, like with a no, Netflix I, special, I guess would be my standard, right? Like if I no, see only, only Jim Jeffries, really. Okay. Yeah, I hadn't heard of him. Well, there's um, there's Carl Barron, but um, I don't think he'd understand anything he says because it's all like um it's very very australian so yeah he's he's so he's probably the most famous that there is 
when it's very Australian, you talking about like the accent or are you talking about just references to cultural, unique things? Oh, both. He's like, oh, fucking, when you go down the road and you see the wombats crossing the road, you know how that happens, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> that sort of thing. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, for us, it would be cows uh, around here. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, man, those are some comedians that take influence. Do you like actually study, take notes or do you just more absorb it like an osmosis type thing? And then you, when it comes out, when you start getting thoughts, maybe you can't pinpoint where it came from, but you just know by being around comedy, it's kind of a uh, providing some kindling. Um, yeah, I think, I think I probably just take a mental note, but some of it I do write down. Like there's particular marketing techniques that like Andrew Schultz does and he's like, he's like the marketing guru of comedy at the moment. And, um, yeah, so I take those notes. What have you uh, noticed from him? Well, he, he like, he was releasing stand up like musicians release singles. Oh. Yeah. So he'd have a clip. And I think he was the first one to release a special on YouTube instead of, you know, trying to reach a network to do it. Gotcha. And that got him a lot of attention. Yeah, because he, didn't he just have a Netflix special? Schultz does America, I thought. Oh, yeah, yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't stand-up. Yeah, no, that was this thing. It was like the COVID thing where it was almost like The Tonight Show with John Oliver. Where he was yeah, just, I, didn't like, I didn't like that at all. It was too, for me, man. It was too quick because I didn't have a chance to laugh. Because I felt like if I would get distracted, I would miss the very next thing coming up. Yeah, see, I don't like I don't like a lot of that doomsday comedy shit, um, <clears throat> where it's kind of like this this uh, economic system, this political system. This is all crazy and fucked up. I don't really like that sort of stuff. I like to keep it light i want to be able to fall asleep to a comedy not that it's boring <laughs> not that it's boring but it's like it's it soothes it soothes me yeah you feel better after going to it versus thinking about yeah well yeah well tim dylan does a great job of like tackling heavy topics like the economy and politics um in such a funny way while yelling that he actually relaxes you, huh. you know, so he, he just check him out. But, um, yeah, well, that was John Stewart, man. Uh, John Stewart on the, um, fuck. What was it? What was his actual show called? It was on comedy central, the daily show, daily show with John Stewart. Did you watch any of that? It was the news. Uh, John Oliver took it over. No, I'm not really a fan. Not really a fan of, um, any of those talk shows really. Okay. But it was, it was similar to the Schultz thing where, but it made you feel, the thing I took away from it was you felt it was going to be okay. Like even if COVID was going on and everyone, like it's tragedy pandemic, they would present it in a way where you were like, okay, the sun's going to come out tomorrow. And it wasn't so dire, okay. you know, that's what I, that's what I liked about it. But you also felt informed. Like you felt like you were getting some information about where the world is headed. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that dude, I didn't realize that that um the Schultz guy had 
like basically releasing singles or segments like artists would. That's a, that is another brilliant idea. Yeah. He's so good at it. Like just everything, everything he does, marketing techniques, they're all, they'll work. That's all you can ask for. Also, Mark Normand is really good too. Unfamiliar with him. Oh, dude, if you like comedy, you gotta get into him. Mark Norman? Yeah. Is he a straight up stand up guy or does he do like, does he have sitcoms or movies, anything like that? Uh, he's a pure stand up. It's, it's almost like he was born doing it. Huh. Do you watch any super older, I guess well, for you, because you're so young, <laughs> Louis C.K. might be old, but like Eddie Murphy or Richard Pryor, any of the, like Martin Lawrence. So those were like the big hitters for us. Adam Sandler had a couple like comedy CDs that I remember yeah. that were well, I, stupid well, funny. I went, through a, I went through a big Bill Hicks phase. Bill Hicks. Which was, you don't know him? Well, it's like you've researched me and want to bring up every single comedian i have no idea who is to publicly oh shoot. man <laughs> well bill hicks was like he was the, the whole anti-establishment sort of like punk rock comedian of that time and um yeah also yeah eddie murphy i love his special raw Oh, Delirious, I think it was. Both of them. Yeah. The Goonie Goo Goo, the Gus, you married Sasquatch. She comes up with a fish. Like, the way he could... And that's where I started, like, trying to put together, like, the little jokes leading up to the big joke. And it's, like, how do you not... How do you not, like, come too quick? How do you not make them laugh too quick with the funny shit by just giving an audience little bits of it as they're speaking? Yeah, you just got to make sure your fucking punchline's better than your setup, I guess. Yeah, right? Uh, which I sort of uh, fuck up sometimes. I'll write the setup better than the punchline. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what you got to do. Yeah, it's, it, it's I don't know. It, the Raw and Delirious were one of those where... They were so good, we would be like walking down roads playing them and like we would we would repeat it almost like you would sing your favorite song. It was a challenge between us as kids to be like, who can get through the whole bit of like, you on the welfare, you on the welfare. <laughs> like you would look for chances when someone would drop some ice cream um, just to get that out. And then you would get made fun of if you tried to and you couldn't get the yeah. entire bit out you know yeah that's interesting like most of my friends most people i know don't even know what comedy is they don't watch it um like i never had a group of people that would be into stand-up you know really yeah it was wasn't popular with the people i knew so then you got into it because why well i yeah, I got into it because I was watching it and I can't even, well, yeah, I'm from, well, I was born in Melbourne, so I think my parents maybe showed me because they have the International Comedy Festival there and we went to some shows as a kid. And so it was like, it was just like another art exhibition for them to show me. Um, so 
Yeah, basically the last two years is just me convincing my friends that I'm funny and you should watch this <laughs> and you should fucking give me money. <laughs> <laughs> to help my cause. Yeah, and they and they do. I think I converted them. Yeah, I it it's it would be hard for me to understand, especially if you see some good stand up. Um like whose was it? Might have, and I forget what it was, man. Um, so Joe Rogan had a special out, and then the dude who just got arrested for basically being a child molester after he played a child molester in U two, which was a Netflix special. But yeah, that was that was Chris D'Elia. Yes, yeah. Chris D'Elia. Dude, I watched Chris D'Elia's and like didn't piss myself, but like it was one of those like my abs were sore. And yeah, well, it, it was uh, it was like a huge inspiration for me at the start of um, my career, if you call it a career. Um, yeah, like I was watching him sort of when I was 19 and that's kind of why I started because of him. Oh, really? Yeah, because he was doing the whole crowd work thing. And I was like, oh, that's different from most of the comedy I've seen. Um, What's I don't really watch him. Huh? I'm just unfamiliar with crowd work thing. What's that? Oh, just him, like, just riffing uh, improv with uh, the crowd. Gotcha, gotcha. It's like making it up on the spot sort of thing. And I was like, I want to do that. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. But, um, yeah, I think, I think he's innocent. I mean, he's not innocent, but he's not a fucking pedophile. Yeah. I, I don't know a ton of the cases. It's just he literally are, are you, he was in he portrayed an actor who was a pedophile and the series was a huge hit maybe six yeah. months before the charges get brought up. Yeah, that that really didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not gonna go well in jury selection. Like cause you, you just know, have all these yeah. images if you want them. You know what's fucked up, man, is like how people play characters on tv and then people are fucking so dumb to think that that is who they are yeah 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 i don't understand it it, it happened to jeremy piven just like recently what happened with jeremy piven well he played um a manager on that show entourage right okay and he uh and he was you know he was just an asshole. that was his character and I don't even know what happened exactly. This was like six months to a year ago, but people went after him because he was being an asshole on TV as a character. And so, what the fuck, dude? Uh, okay, I got what you're saying now. Yeah. yeah. Right? So it's almost, it's, I don't know what that would be called, like the clinical definition of it, but not understanding that it's, like their bit, that's their shtick, right? Yeah. Gotcha. Well, yeah, well, not even that. Imagine if a producer came up to you and said, hey, do you want to play, do you, do you want to play this, uh, this, this fucking wife beater character? Um, and I'll give you $2 million. And, you know, it's not that hard of a job. Do you want to do it? You fucking say yeah. 
for the most part. <laughs> for the most part. Until they asked me like to also then make love to her dead body. And I'd be like, I'm sorry, that's where I draw the line. Well, I don't know. Like, maybe. It'd be an extra two. It'd be, an, it'd be a negotiating ploy. <laughs> yeah, well, you have a stunt double for that. Like. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's how you grow your posse, right? But like, I can't do it. But I do know the perfect guy for the role, my friend Fred. Come on in, man. <laughs> you get him a little yeah, if, like, if you don't feel comfortable doing something, I don't think you should just because there's money. Um, but, you know, that being said, if you did do that, I don't think people should be so fucking naive to think that that's you. That you're okay with that. Like, imagine if someone was like, like, imagine if people try to cancel that dude on Dexter. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, oh, he cuts up women's fucking bodies and shit. He must be a real killer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's hilarious, dude. It's actually, it's almost the opposite for him because being in that role gets him more women, if that's the way he goes, and, like, would get him more dates. And you'd wonder, like, why would a woman be intrigued to date a guy like that who has that kind of skill set? Yeah. You know? It, well... It's weird. Well, I don't know. I think women, they want, they want a guy that can kill them and bash them, but they don't want a guy that will do that. Who can, but won't. That's a good point. (laughs) Right. That's a good point. They just want to feel the power, make sure it's around. Yeah. They want them to protect them, maybe kill some other people for them, but not them. That's what it is. Dude. I was talking to, um, a professor who's, uh, Basically, his like life's work is proving that Sasquatch is real. Right. And we got into this um, testicle discussion, which I didn't realize. But when with primates, if there are multiple females, if it's a male, fuck, I wish I knew how he worded. If there's like one dude and he's the alpha through strength, and there's a bunch of females that are just under him. He tend, that primate has smaller nuts than the multiple males, and then there's 10 to 1 ratio. So if there's 10 females and two guys, those primates tend to not battle each other. They tend to, for whatever reason, evolution has endowed them with just huge sacks, almost like peacock feathers, to draw the females to them. And we got into this because when he was talking about Sasquatch, you never see like this description of Sasquatch being well endowed, which leads him to believe that Sasquatch is more like a bull in charge of all the females and he doesn't have a ton of competition. Right. So, so he's real. So he's real. All that that to say, Sasquatch is real. so, So he's real. So he's not around. No one can see him. So he's real. You don't think Sasquatch is real? I don't know, dude. I'm not saying... I don't want to, you know, defame this guy's whole career and say it's not real. You know, that would be horrible for me to do. So... But? To to make this guy happy, I would say, yeah, it's real. You can't say it to make someone happy. That's like... That's whatever. (laughs) Well, I don't don't want him to be... I don't want him to be... um, you know, upset at you. Discouraged for all this hard work that's put in. 
it, I guess I, I never thought of the ratio for women and then like how that affected them because the more women, less males, they feel vulnerable. And it's like the testosterone goes from there to strength. It was just like a weird, made me wonder about guys like insecurities or dudes who are fighting. Are they compensators? You know, like that dude, Dexter, is he killing because he's compensating? I guess that's where my mind went. Um, maybe. <laughs> Wait, so you, you were saying the guys with like small testicles are the alpha, right? Yeah, but because they're, yeah, that's how like the society is set up. Yeah, I was wondering why I have such small balls. <laughs> Just dominate. <laughs> so I'm a fucking king. Yeah, um, no, that's crazy, man. So he's, yeah, he sounds like he's really into it. Yeah, he he broke it down with like scientific terms. Do you know what I'm saying? Like where every word is like three to four syllables. Dude, he can you get him to prove that God's real? Because I think he'll break the internet. I don't. He's more into evolution. That's the whole thing. That's why I got into Sasquatch. Oh, okay. So yeah, he definitely doesn't believe in God then if he's into evolution. Uh, actually, you know, I didn't ask him, but I, he got into the faith aspect a little bit and he doesn't think that they're like exclusive. Like you can just be a part of it. What do you mean? Like you can like you believe can, in and evolution. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. I guess if God made the first evolution that then evolved into that thing. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for him, it was just a very matter of the fact. They're not exclusive in um, any term. But I don't yeah. know what kind of evidence, like, I think there'd be a shit ton of evidence. Actually, you know what? Like, it would actually, that's a very similar case now. Think about that. Sasquatch and God. Because part of his thing is you don't have, like, the smoking gun to show the Sasquatch. There is no corpse. There is no DNA evidence. There is no, like, undisputable capture footage there's one big clip from like 1967 but there's all this evidence where if you put it together and if you make some leaps of faith by like excluding other things like they found this whole nest this site that might be a birth site but they didn't find any liquids they didn't really find any dna that or any hairs that identified a sasquatch but they couldn't find out what the hairs were so it's like, what's, right. so what's the hair, right? And it's like one of those things where like within you, like why do your cells reproduce? Who fucking did that? Why does your hair grow? Why, why if you have a scab, does it heal? Like, is that God? Is that, is that a God footprint that's left? Um, I think it's probably just a reaction to diet. <laughs> right? <laughs> Like if you stop eating and stop drinking, you'll die, and then your hair stops growing. <laughs> Actually, no, your hair keeps growing for a while after you're dead, but it stops at some point. It, it would stop at some point. Are you? Yeah. Are you an atheist? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Is that common yeah. in your circle, or? Yeah, I don't know any religious. Well, no, I do know a fair few religious people, but not Christian or anything. Okay. And what got you to atheism? It was just how I was raised. Okay. Yeah, my parents, they just said, no, not real. You're an atheist. I was like, okay. 
stop. Like it was just like that blunt. Well, yeah. Well, my dad said, well, I haven't seen him, so he's not real. And then I said, uh, well, that brings me to Bigfoot. Yeah, right. You apply that same kind of logic. Yeah, you could imply that same kind of logic. Um, I did go, I went to a school, it was a private school. And then while it was at the school, it was bought by Christians. And then, and then they had the whole church in there. And then they have the, the class that you'd have to attend. And so I learned a lot about it and I met some Christians while I was there, but I, I didn't really pay attention. I was too busy trying to fuck around and not really work. <laughs> Get out of shit. So you but never, man, it, yeah, it's you never gave it a try, huh? Huh? You never gave it like a solid try. You were like, Hey man, six months, I'm just going to go all in for Jesus. See what happens. No, I never, I never did because, because I, I never liked that feeling of, you know, having power over me. I always wanted to be the one in control. But now that I think of it, I'm not really in control of my life. I'm sort of in the passenger seat to some degree. Outside um, influences. Yeah, like even at school, man, I remember they told me to cut my hair and I told them to get fucked. And uh, I just went to a different school. I just, I couldn't be told what to do like that. Huh. How old and was that? Cut your hair. That seems like so, is that just a gender thing? Like boys can't have hair that touches their collar type rule? Yeah, yeah. And um, and now there's fucking trans kids everywhere. I'm like, this is bullshit. Why do they get to have long hair? <laughs> it, dude, it does. I missed out. I don't know what would have happened if... I don't know how much is gets manipulated or when it'll get to the point where people will just scream, not scream trans, but it's a bit from the office where like Kelly, are you familiar with the office? Yeah. 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 Well, the UK one. Yeah. Okay. So the American one, Michael Scott, Kelly, when she gets uncomfortable as a girl in the, uh, in the back would yell rape. He raped me. And then, like, Michael would be like, Kelly, every time you get in trouble, you can't yell rape and push your problems onto other people. <laughs> and, like, that was just her thing. And I wonder right. if, like, the, the gender identification is going to get to the point where kids are just going to claim it to get them out of things or to help them in some way. For oh, instance, yeah, the hair. Sure. It's, al it's already happened many times. I think so. Yeah, well, well Caitlyn Jenner did it. Well, fuck, she was, she wanted to win, or well, he wanted to, no, she, I don't know what she, what the fuck. She now, Jenna. I believe. Yeah, okay, so she wanted to win the Olympics, so she went into the women's and won. Are you sure that happened? I think that's what happened, yeah, she was like. <laughs> Stop, dude. <laughs> I'm pretty sure when, when she was a man, she didn't want to compete in the men's, so she made, became a woman and then went into the women's to win. <laughs> I'm almost positive. No, so Bruce Jenner was like a biathlon, like was an Olympic gold medal medalist. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And then, I don't know. But it's much easier now to win, right? 
Not, dude, I think that was back in like the 80s or 70s. I don't think what? he transitioned. I don't think he transitioned till because isn't Bruce isn't Caitlyn Jenner like the Bruce Jenner was the father of all the Kardashians? Yeah. Yeah. So he had all those kids. So like he'd have been 40s, 50s when he transitioned into Caitlyn. I don't think he tried to like get into the Olympics. Okay, well maybe I was wrong, but I've heard <laughs> I've heard some stories where that was like the case. So that could definitely be, uh, you know, unfair advantage. Yeah, no, I, I, there's um, I think some states, at least in America, are taking um, I want to say Texas just passed the law where it's like you have to compete as your birth. Um, your birth, your gender assigned at birth is what you have to compete as. Okay. Well, that's fair. Yeah. I feel like, cause to me, it's like, just comes down to testosterone, man. Like dudes hit puberty. Kids are even physically, you know, through most elementary school, man. As soon as you start approaching puberty, it's over. Like strength wise, fellas just dwarf females. It's yeah. Like, it's not trying to be sexist, but it's just what it is. And it, it would really suck if you had some dudes wanted to identify as females to go win like a volleyball tournament or field hockey. Yeah. Like that shit would yeah. be so unfair. Yeah, it sucks. So that's probably one thing. Um, and that, and growing your hair at a private school, maybe another. Yeah. Right. That, yeah. That'd be super. Would the private school accept you for being, but imagine being so dedicated to having long hair that you cut your dick off. <laughs> I've I could have done it. I could have been the inspirational figure of our times. The martyr. You'd have gone that I, far, huh? I was this close to being the martyr. <laughs> Already got a girl's name. Come on. Is Ash a girl's Ash Lee would be a girl's name. Is that what it is? Ash Lee and then you go by Ash? Yeah, that's my name's Ashley, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Ashley around here is at least, um, it's not exclusively girly. It's like one of those, um, what would it be, Metro? Or like, either way, I feel there's like a, a label for that. Oh, it is It is unisex. But unisex, like, that's what I was thinking of. Even in like kindergarten, I had long hair and I had an indistinguishable gender as a face, right? So no girls, girls have girls hair. People would come up to me, kids, and they'd be like, are you a girl? I'm not sure. And I was way ahead of my time with the trans thing. You'd be like, fuck off. Doesn't my unicorn shirt tell you that I'm a boy? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, yeah, so so that was traumatizing. Anyway. <laughs> Dude, well, I've spoken to a couple atheists i don't know the difference between an atheist and an agnostic to be honest with you so i don't want to confuse well, agnostic, you. agnostic sounds cool so can i be that i think as an atheist you get to choose what you want to be right oh sweet yeah i want well, to say an agnostic doesn't accept or deny but an atheist denies the existence like an agnostic is like yeah it could be yeah it couldn't be i could give a shit less i'm just gonna live where an atheist well, is like I'll, adamant about there is no God. Yeah, well, I, I studied Buddhism a bit. Um, 
I have I have a friend that's a Sikh, and his family are Hindus. Um, I have friends that are Muslim. I have, I think that's it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, I would say I'm an agnostic then. Okay. Where do you, yeah. what do you do for morals for your sense of right and wrong? Um, I, in terms of wrong, I would probably steal an onion at the self-serve checkout every now and then. <laughs> um, feels good to do that. But I would never steal a friend's item. Um, what else? So it's it's easy to justify that. It's like, oh, this is a big corporation. They're making heaps of money anyway. What's the difference? Right. Um, but that's kind of d- debatable. Um, what what sort of morals can you break it down into topics? Yeah. Well, I mean, it would be like Judeo-Christian would tend to be some of the morals about golden rule: treat others as you want to be treated. And then they, so you ask people, what are your morals, right? Like, what are your hard no's? What do you stand for? And I think a lot of it, for most people, comes from a religious upbringing of fear of penalty, you go to hell, right? Like you do something wrong, it's sin, you're going to hell. So that's why you want to act right. Well, I don't want to go to hell. What do I have to do to act right? And it's like, well, these are the rules. Don't have sex till whenever don't drink till drunk don't steal don't kill don't take and it's it seems to be very um religious based so i'm always curious if you grow up atheist or agnostic like how do your parents tell you hey man that's fucked up you're like why is that fucked up (laughs) i'm not going to hell for it yeah i was always questioning my parents and what they would tell me was right and wrong um, but for you and, and your listeners, I am the worst role model when it comes to morals because I'm like, I'm like almost in the middle or on the fence with everything. Like you could think mainly, of a reason why and a reason why not. Yeah. Well, mainly just because I am too lazy to make up my mind on something like, like, uh, what's an example? Like I'm for abortion, but I'm against it. And I just don't know where to sit on that. You know what I mean? It, the thing I can't get my mind around in abortion, and I wish I, um, I wish I could know who to go to to talk about this. Like, when are you a life to have rights? That's where yeah. I get caught up, and I don't know. It's a stupid topic to get super deep into, but it's like the, I'm pretty sure the baby's not being like, "Yeah, kill me." Right. So like, but when does that hurt? Like if you're a citizen of the United States, I thought you're a citizen of the United States. When do you actually get the rights of a citizen? When you breathe on your own, when you're self-sustaining, but you haven't had the chance to be self-sustaining. So shouldn't you get like out of your mother's uterus and like given a chance? And if you can fight your way to be self-sustaining, then it's like you have rights now. I don't know. It that That's one thing where I don't know if moralistically would be very different, but the legality of it is where um, that's the legal question that always messes me up with abortion. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'd probably be more concerned with the morals than the actual legality for me. Um, but yeah, I think 
I would say a baby doesn't want to be killed. That's my guess. You say just unless they're it. unless they're suicidal. I don't think they really have thoughts. Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't think they want anything except from like a primal instinct level. So when I was a kid, I would always punch and kick my mom in the in the stomach to uh to feed me mandarins and she would always feed me mandarins apparently right so so that that was like a primal instinct like i need this please give me this right otherwise i'm not as fresh or i will die i don't know so i don't think i thought i need mandarins please give me some but i think my body said that so I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's like, it's like, uh, that's what I mean. I, I'm on the fence with the whole thing. Yeah. Would it be, I don't know. I shouldn't even ask. Never mind. <laughs> that's okay. We, I'm happy to talk about anything, man. Like, you know. No, I'm curious. Like if you, how would you feel? So last night was a great night for you. And then four weeks from now, you get the call and it's like, hey, got a little bit of ash in my uterus and it's yours. Are you yeah. nervous well, about that inconvenience? Are you, how are you playing that out? Well, it's happened before oh. to me and not, not from like a doctor, but from an actual pregnancy test, you know, and, um, Turns out she was lying. And this was this was in high school, so it was very terrifying. Oh, but at that age, I was I was very self, you know, centered. All I wanted was the best for me. I wasn't thinking about her, so I didn't I didn't really even think of abortion at that time. I was like, well, you know, she can do what she wants. If she wants to keep it. She can. But I'm not sticking around, which sounds horrible, but that's just the reality. That's what I was going to do because I was, you know, dumb enough to sleep with this girl unprotected at that age. And that's it. You know, she hit you with a fake positive pregnancy test. Yeah. Yeah. Just because you like what didn't return her calls or something or like why? Because I, I told her I didn't want to be in a relationship. I wanted to be single and she wanted a relationship. And so she, that was her way of locking me in, which isn't the best way, you know, but it's one method and it didn't work, but that was it. And I was like, you know what, if I had to pay for an abortion, then I will, I'll pay for it all whatever um but yeah it was it was fake so did that that's got to carry a little bit of trauma going forward like as far as trusting women um not really because i knew she was crazy in the first place okay and i knew i knew what her family was like i knew all these things so i just knew not every woman was like that Aware enough. Yeah. Thank God. 
Yeah, completely insane. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say a name. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> she knows who she is, though, because she's that insane. She's still Jessica. following me. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's. Do you ever do any comedy about being like atheist agnostic? Is that something you do? You die? Actually, that's a good. I didn't ask that. How much of like your personal stuff do you put into your comedy? I tell that pregnancy story on stage. Do you really? Yeah. But I just make it into a stupid joke. It's not like exactly every single detail. Right. Um, yeah. But I, 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 don't, I don't really, I haven't really got to the point where I'm that good of an entertainer to actually go into atheism and religion. Like I've tried it here and there, but it, it kind of felt like, oh, I'm just trying to sound smart, you know? Oh, yeah, because you really do have to. I mean, you got to know your shit to get into topics like that in a comedic way. Yeah, yeah. I, like you're you're a Christian, right? Uh, I guess I feel like yes. I feel like I would say yes, uh, but then I'm also a hypocrite because I don't know how much I actually practice the Christianity that okay. you, I would then be like, yeah, I'm a Christian, you know? So it's one of those, you don't know yeah. where, don't know where you fall, but you're like, yeah, I guess if I got asked, is Jesus, like, is Jesus God's son? Does he save you from sins? I'd be like, yeah. And then the next question would be like, well, why do you do all these fucking sins that Jesus clearly told you not to do? <laughs> like, are, are you okay yeah. with hurting Jesus' heart? <laughs> kind of a thing, you know? So it's a weird, I don't know. It's a weird place for me to be. Well, he'll forgive you, right? That's the whole I, thing. I guess that it's the one one pastor that I heard was basically it was like you shouldn't treat Jesus like fire insurance, where you just have it in case something goes down. But at the same time, it really does seem like Jesus is fire insurance because if you believe him, you get forgiven. Right. Yeah. Okay. You know. Yeah. Do you know Patrice O'Neill? Are we going to keep going to the thing where you say all the names of people I don't know? Because that wasn't fun for me. <laughs> no. I don't I'm, I'm, telling you, I'm telling you to make a list because you'll love all of these guys. But, like, he does a joke about when he's on a plane and there's uh, and he's religious at that point. He, he believes in God because he doesn't want the plane to crash. And so... <laughs> And so he helps this old lady put her bags on the top of the carriage. Um, so he looks like a good guy in front of God. And he's like, please don't crash the plane. Okay. And then the plane lands and the lady's like, can you help me get my bags out? And he's like, fuck no. I, we just landed the plane. Like, Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Convenient Christianism. Christian, Christianity. Yes. Christianity. Yeah, I would say I don't. I don't think I've ever prayed for something. Um, Have you ever said to yourself though, like I really want this? Yeah, like goals and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you just don't take it the step further of thinking there's a spirit that can like get you to it that you have to appease. Um, not really. No, I think it pretty much all up to me to achieve that goal apart from you know the fact that 
perhaps I don't have a, a base of free will. So that means that my interests and my brain, my body are all a course of nature. So I am not controlling that. And so I just have to work with what I've got here and control that around it. Right. Yeah. Cause you could have very much been into like NPR and politics, but you're not, you're into comedy. Right. So that yeah, yeah, came exactly. from somewhere you liked, what, what, what was it? Not man. Was it mandarins? Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Like and, you, you weren't asking for apples. Right. So you start with that. That's an interesting way to put it. You start with that and then you try to control that that was put in you yeah yeah well if you like something you want more of it but um yeah i don't think there's a spirit or higher power sort of guiding me on this path no not really what about the whole like manifesting your own destiny by speaking it into existence and exuding positive energy that kind of yeah, that definitely works, yeah. Stop. For real? You're into that? Yeah, well, well, let's say you want something from someone. You're, you're, you're better off getting it by exuding high energy and enthusiasm and you're smiling, right? Like if I go to a venue and say, hey, I want to put on this show. I'm really passionate about comedy. Can you give me some money? He's more likely to give me money as opposed to me going up to him like, wait, can you just like give me money to fucking put on a show, cunt? Do you know what I mean? Like, so, so that is sort of what I believe in. Is that what you meant? I get that's an interesting breakdown of it, but yeah, I guess in essence, that would be it. I've spoke, it's just cause I've spoken to people who are like into that, like astrology kind of a thing where they oh, look for signs into stuff and they speak about manifesting and that there's limited energy and that if you're, you attract things with your energy and if you want certain outcomes, you need to speak to them. And just by like almost meditating on them, you're, you're putting that signal out there so that whatever the thing is you want is attracted to that signal and it finds it. And that's how you get what you want. Well, uh, put it this way, like, what what car do you drive? Uh, Jeep. Jeep Wrangler? Jeep. Jeep Wrangler. Do you see them on the road a lot? Yeah. Well, it's a thing. It's a stupid thing, but it's a thing. You're supposed to wave. And I live by the beach. Right. Well, well, you, you see them. I don't see Jeep Wranglers, but there's heaps, right? You will tomorrow. You, in, yeah, I will tomorrow because now my focus is on that, right? So. Yeah. I think that's what you were talking about, how it's like the energy attracts each other because that's where the focus is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's just, it just comes down to awareness, really. See, I just have a problem. Like, I don't feel like people are that powerful. I feel like we're very narcissistic. And I feel when you shift from the God to the person having the power, I feel like that's a line I don't want to cross into narcissism, into ego. Yeah. I think ultimately well, that's why I'm like, yeah, I'm Christian. Yeah. Well, I don't think what we were talking about just then was about power. It was more about focus. Right. Yeah. But I think you just, 
you attract things that you're focused on, right? Yeah. So, yeah, like, I don't know. If you're, if you like Asian girls and you're in a sea full of white girls and you see an Asian girl, you're going to see her. If that's what you're into, if that's what you want to make your wife to be. Yeah, right. So then the manifestation part would be she is in that sea of white girls because you manifested her there. You put it out into the universe that tonight at the rave, there would be one Asian girl just for me. And there she well, is. Well, that is, I would say that is narcissistic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I always took the whole energy thing of creating your own opportunities. That's yeah. an extreme thing and probably it sounds very disappointing because <laughs> a lot of times when you're wrong yeah, right. there's gonna be there's gonna be a thunderstorm tonight i'm telling you right blue, blue skies clear skies very disappointing so true god that's interesting yeah. is there a, like a predominant is christianity kind of rampant in like not all of Australia, again, not to make you like Australia spokesman, but I know if there was a cultural thing for religion down there. Well, I think it really depends on what world you're in and your friendship group to actually perceive something to be rampant in the society. So for me, comedy is everywhere, but for a lot of my friends, it's nowhere where do we go to see shows, you know? And I'm like, what do you mean? They're fucking, there's like every show a night. What are you talking about? Whereas like, I'm like, where? there's no Christianity here. Like, I don't see any of it, but that's because I'm not focused on it. And that's what we we're talking right. about before. So there are churches everywhere and I do see them. I don't pay attention to them, but I don't, I don't know if it's, a popular thing here because I'm not in that group. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it probably, it probably is. I think it probably is everywhere. You would hope so. Cause I mean, that was kind of the whole point, at least what they said in the Bible was to go forth and spread it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so hopefully they accomplish their goals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I saw a, there's a few Freemason churches around me. That's that's interesting. Yeah, that's something I still can't. I actually work with a couple of guys that I guess have the ring and the license plate thing, and I I, I don't know, man. I know I don't even know what to ask them, right? Like, yeah, hey, well, what's the secret? Well, the church the churches always look empty and like there's no one there. Yeah. Right. It's weird. Like, but isn't that part of it? Because they're out there like manipulating all the systems that they're in charge of. <laughs> that to me, and not to offend you, but like <laughs> that and like Judaism is more interesting to me because, because they don't, they don't want to recruit you. They're sort of just like, Oh, you have to know the right people or you have to be born into it. So it's like quite intriguing to me. Like you want what you can't have in a way. So That's like I, no, go ahead. I was wondering why you think that. 
Well, I, I've researched Judaism for a while and I still don't understand it. It's like, it's like double speak almost. Like, I don't really understand what they, I don't even know what they stand for or what they, you know, practice. I don't really get it. And it's like, it, it feels attractive. It's like you talk to these Jews and stuff and you're like, they know something that I don't know. What is it? And they don't tell you, you know? I've, yeah, right. I've not, aside from Old Testament, not studied what it would be or not looked into what it would be. The Old Testament and a Seinfeld episode, <laughs> well, I guess, would be the extent of my research. Right, yeah. But that's that's interesting. What got you into that? Why were you looking that up? Um, there were a lot of Jews in my area that I was living in. I was like uh, south of Melbourne in Australia. It's like there's a predominant Jewish area. And um, yeah, I just I saw them everywhere. I would speak to them sometimes and they're, they're very nice people. They just don't say anything about it. They're not like, they don't preach it to you as opposed to some or a lot of Christians oh, yeah. that try to, yeah, that try to want, they want you to be a part of their culture. Yeah. Well, isn't that like, that's the thing, right? Like Judaism is an actual, like to be Jewish, isn't that, like saying you're American, it's not just well, yeah. a religion, right? Like it's actually a culture. They have some sort of racial background, yeah. Right? So I wonder if that's why. It would almost be like the white guys who get cornrows and start rapping back in the 90s where it's like, step off my <laughs> block, man. Like quit being – like it's cultural appropriation, yeah. you know? And I wonder yeah, I if it. that's part of why the Jude like Jews would not actively recruit for Judaism. Yeah, it's just interesting. Like, uh, I want to know what they do and stuff. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, because actually now that I'm thinking about it too, like most other religions do actively want to expand their congregation. Like that's a main tenet of their beliefs. Conversion. Yeah. Huh. And there's like the whole, the whole Israel thing. Like that is fascinating. I don't know what is going on there. Yeah, what's fascinating about it to you? Like the fact that it's in the middle of the earth and that's where Jesus was from and and they're always fighting with Palestine and I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> like, you know, it's weird. And then they have like the whole Jewish thing there's like Jews in every country, but they all talk about Israel and I just don't, I don't get it. It's very interesting. Yeah, I can't, when I try to read about it, I get lost in the, the names and the tribes and I can't, it's almost like I'm reading Russian literature. Like I got into this, um, fuck, what was it? Crime and Punishment was reading that and I made it through and I felt like I kind of got the gist. But once you get past like two characters, I'm lost because I'm so unfamiliar with the names. I just can't keep it straight. And when I read about that yeah. stuff, I, I can't, I don't know. I'd have to sit there with like crayons and draw pictures for everything. And I, I, I just haven't taken the time. 
I yeah, feel, yeah, that's, I do yes. feel like it's very pro-Israel here. Like if you ask someone, it was like Israel has a right. And I don't know any of the reasons to be pro-Palestine, which makes me wonder why I don't know any pro-Palestine reasons. Um, well, I, I don't know. I'm not the right person to ask, but <laughs> it's, uh, I just, I just think it's interesting. And it's also kind of weird. Like, have you noticed on Google maps that Palestine's not there? I've not, I've never tried to Google map Palestine. That is creepy, dude. Are you sure that's a real thing? Because you also just said Caitlyn Jenner tried to transition to win the Olympics. When really? <laughs> no, you can look it up now, man. Go on Google Maps. You'll see it. It's not there. But like, yeah, that to me is very mysterious. And I think it has something to do with like business and vested interests. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a top story. Fact check, Google does not have a Palestine label on its maps. It's fuck, fucking weird, right? Yeah, company disputed borders as dashed gray lines. Yeah, that... But is that just an accuracy thing? Because aren't they literally battling to have Palestine not be there? Yeah, but why? Why it's fucking there. it's there bro like it's exists. <laughs> that's like that's like saying uh it's like uh like i don't know saying nike doesn't exist you're like what i have some of my feet right now what are you talking about They're like nah it's yeah. doesn't exist there's sorry a battle. there's a battle Reeboks coming for it adidas <laughs> yeah yeah they got uh, slave labor fucking uh, allegations you can't wear them yeah yeah are you in part of the camp like with the fake news no real news do you are you of the age where you trust information or is it hard for you to trust uh, I take it with a grain of salt. I don't really seek out a lot of information. I just sort of read what's interesting to me. Um, yeah, I'm kind of out of touch, dude, to be honest. Yeah. As yeah, I in politics. I don't know if people should be at the age of 25, though, man, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how to make a living off this dumb fucking job, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so that's my focus, but... Yeah, some of it is actually researching things that are happening in the world and, you know, talking about them, but not to the extent where it's like I need to get every fact right. I just need to know the gist of it and then make a joke about it or something like that. Yeah. So, but I don't, I don't know. There, there are things that come up. I can't really think of any examples right now, but then I'm like, why, why is that a news story? Or why, why do most people think this is a real thing or something? You know, there's a lot of weird news stories out there. Do you, are you fine with Googling? Or do you get to the conspiracy part of like being tracked and marketed uh -huh. and you're a sheep kind of a thing? I, uh, I'm against, you know, breaching privacy, but at the same time, I'm too lazy to give a fuck, you know, because I, I've given in to the convenience of technology 
right. so much, so much that it's it's more powerful than actually, you know, giving it all up. So you know, I'll use DuckDuckGo as a browser, and then you get like, you know, less targeted ads to you, or you know, you get less data mined that way. That's good, but like, I use Google on my phone. You yeah. know, it's, that's just my computer. Yeah, so, I was I was talking shit the other day about this thing called the uh, fuck to fight ratio for a relationship to be successful. Are you familiar with that? Have you ever heard that term? No, but I understand the concept straight away. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty basic, right? So I'm yeah. talking shit, and the person's like, "That's not real," and I'm like, "Man, fucking look it up." So they duck duck go it, and it's nowhere to be found. But they Google it, and it comes right up. And that was like the first time I had like a, a topic where, why do I know about this? Well, I heard somebody speak about it on some podcast I was listening to and then Googled it and it came up and I was like, oh shit, that makes sense. And it wasn't, it wasn't, the study wasn't actually called fuck to fight ratio. I forget how they quantified it, but it was like a seven to one thing where, oh, they made up, they had sex this much. Or they had this many more positives to come over a neg- to overcome a negative. Um, mm. But I'm like, I saw it on Twitter. I think it was in like Men's Health, <laughs> right? I see it on Google, but like I duck duck go the words and I don't get it anymore. Like, what is that about? That's where I start feeling like I'm in a matrix and or like an Orwellian novel getting manipulated. It um, it's eerie, man. It's very uncomfortable feeling. Are you saying that concept is manipulated by someone? Like some entity. Maybe it's the Masons. Maybe it's that's why we never see them because they're like hacked into Google or hacked into DuckDuckGo to have us see or not see certain things. But DuckDuckGo is meant to be like a good thing. Like your privacy is meant to be uh, kept safe. Right. So if it's not showing up, then that's... I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, to be honest. Yeah, right. So like Google just knows that when I go fuck to fight ratio because I spent more time on a Twitter article, right? Like I didn't scroll past the men's magazine that I follow that they were or men's health and where it was like, oh, his eyes stopped. So now that gets translated to Google and Google knows when I search that term, they bring up that information, right? Where DuckDuckGo doesn't know that about me. So that's why it doesn't come up. Okay, well, yeah, that's good then. Um, Yeah, that's, it's fucked up, man. I I truly think that your microphone is always turned on. Yeah. Or or the camera is always turned on. And so it'll market you, but then it's like, I'll I'll tell you something fucked up. What happened to me once is I was at the skate park, right? And I saw this dude and he was wearing like a, sort of a one-piece jumpsuit, sort of like skate outfit. And um, and I looked at it, I was like, oh, that's a cool outfit. And that was just a thought, right? I didn't say it. I didn't write it down. Stop. I don't I like where it. you're going. I do not like where you're going. Stop. And then on Facebook, <laughs> it was there, bro, advertised. Stop. There's no fucking way. You made that I'm up. I'm telling you. I'm telling you straight up. And my conclusion to that is I think my location was turned on. His location was turned on. And they know 
They know that we both looked at each other and that's how they got it. That's how they sold me the product. I didn't buy it, but still. A romper. So you, the bigger news story to me is that a guy's in Australia skate in rompers. We, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have less injuries. I don't know. He's built in knee pads. You it was really, cool. Like, dude, you really think that that ding, that GPS closeness, proximity. Yeah, that's the, only, that's the only way they could have done it. And that, like, his camera somehow saw him in this. Your phone picked him up somehow because you're texting or whatever, and he, like, goes by the screen. And then all of a sudden, that gets sold. And now um, you get an app. I don't, I don't think it was a camera. I think uh, I think his, his bank knew that he paid for that outfit, and so they sold that um, – data to Google or Facebook or whatever. And then uh, Facebook saw me at the skate park and then they saw him there. So they think, oh, well, they're in the same sort of age group. They're in the same area. Maybe he'll buy it as well. That's fucking triple next level. I think that's that's it. But that's like fucking the Matrix Jedi, Jedi mind trick marketing. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, whoever thought of that definitely owns an island somewhere. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's <laughs> huge. Like, I think, like, if you have a brand, right, and you you want to sell to people on Facebook through their ads, you can choose the age group and what they do for a living as, you know, to target them. Uh-huh. And, and then they're scrolling, oh, that's exactly what I need. Click, buy. And so I think Facebook has some sort of affiliation with maybe the brand or the bank and then they get together and sell. That's my conclusion. Especially if you bought it on, yeah, right? So that would be fucked up if it was like just a straight debit card, like you're going to some shop. But if it's Amazon or some online purchaser, I think I'd be more okay with that, to be honest with you. I think I'd be, because I feel like the online purchaser would give the information up. I don't want my bank to give up my purchases. Well, I don't know if they can legally. Well, yeah, that's what I'm getting at, right? Maybe they can. I don't know. I thought you tried to say that you wanted comedy to take people to happy places. I don't understand why you got so dark, man. Now I'm all fucking paranoid and nervous. Well, well, man, because you started it, so I was just sort of <laughs> answering the question. <laughs> that's, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. See, if I was, if I was interviewing you, it would have been hilarious. Maybe no, I don't know. <laughs> it wouldn't have been all Illuminati and deep shit like no, that. No, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm into that shit a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's. Do you have any other like funny conspiracy theories that you get in? Well, they might not be funny to you. But other things that you that pique your curiosity. Um, I I don't know. I, f- I feel like there's a there's a cult mentality within corporations and like the like the things you have to do, the way you act to climb those ladders is very strange. Like 
Like, have you ever worked for a corporation? Uh, I'm a teacher, so I don't know if you would count school system as a corporation. Uh, probably not. I mean, yeah, I, I feel like a teacher, you can really, once you get the job, you can be terrible and like, and, and you still get to keep it because there's only a couple certain rules. Like if you don't hit a kid, you don't sleep with a kid. You don't, I feel like you could even curse out a kid and still keep your job. <laughs> like, yeah, well, that's the fucking dream, man, is to yell at kids for a living. <laughs> <laughs> Living it. Um, but now, then I worked in, I grew up working in restaurants, but they were family owned. So not much corporate experience, I'd say. Um, yeah, well, I think like the, the jargon that you have to use, the things that you say, um, that's really how you climb a ladder in a corporation. And you have to, you have to be like ruthless and like be able to cut ties with certain people. You have to say the right things. And to me, those people are fucking like robots that have like been created in a factory. And where are you getting that from? Oh, just from working in different places. I mean, even working at the grocery store, man, it's like this, this huge store and then you, you get up the ladders and the more, the higher you get up, the, the people you meet, like they get more and more reptilian, like they, they seem more like a lizard the higher up they are. Yeah, so that does happen in schools. It's just the district office stuff for us, which I guess would be our corporate. Yeah, well, some of the principals I've met have been really strange. Yeah, because they're right there, man. They're trying to get to that next level to get the extra whatever, 20 grand a year. Okay, so now I understand yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. I, I have is it just because they like fear losing the job? Is it the ex? ex exclusivity of the position where they're they have to conform yeah well i think they get to a point where they just sort of automate it like they don't really think about the way they're acting but like i, I remember i went for a job interview at was uh at a foreign exchange like sales team job and it was like super fucking creepy like everyone was sort of in a group and they were like oh this is like wolf of wall street we're all gonna get rich together and then they had like three dudes come in and they were like yeah i made a hundred grand in one week um selling this product whatever and then one dude talked and he's like yeah i made like a million dollars in a few months and he was like a fucking not human you know what i mean what was this job for uh selling foreign exchange stocks sort of thing is that what you were like you were on that pathway to be that guy or why are you in that room a little bit yeah i was just kind of trying to find a i don't know i went through a phase where i was like sales jobs are like really cool and you get to wear a suit and like fucking yell at people and Stop, do, do cocaine and shit you wanted to know. wear a suit you were like man the suit is where it's at i thought it was cool i thought it was hot and fucking like rich and shit i don't know uh gotcha 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 yeah so i i did a bunch of these job interviews and didn't get them but yeah because you didn't have the story where you made a million dollars 
Or do you uh, think it was because you didn't have the jargon or because your spirit wanted something else for you and your spirit wouldn't allow the job to manifest? Yeah, it was too real. <laughs> like my skin is real and shit. So I couldn't get the job. Wait, what do you mean skin is real? Like you're okay showing up with a pimple and everyone else had like some Botox or something? No, no, I'm saying all these people, they wanted robots. Uh, yeah. So they just, I don't know. I'm glad I didn't get those jobs. Yeah, it would, it, I've not had a job where I've hated going to work, but I've seen people who fucking hate going to work, man. And it's like, it just, it seems to suck any sort of spirit out of you. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. And it's, it's, amazing how common it is yeah i can't believe like when you were talking about grocery stores earlier to pivot between foreign stocks and grocery stores and comedy that just seems oh I'm it's all the same trouble is it really yeah it's all it's all this you know there's every everything's comedy man like you can take anything from anywhere and make it comedy so so that switch is not surprising. It's just the way my brain works is suited for comedy and for art. So it's like, that's where I was going to end up anyway. But like my other interests in finance, in, you know, communication, in like management, that sort of led me down these paths as well. You know? And, and most of that is really just, it just comes down to acting. Like I just, I like to act as certain characters, but then when it comes to actually doing that job as a real person, I fail. <laughs> That's what I was going to get at, man. Like if you're cool with acting. So when you called it a cult mentality, I guess the only thing I was thinking was like, I don't think they actually believe it. Like, I don't think they're the people saying the lines that's in their heart. I feel they say it because they know that they look at it like a job security thing. Yeah. To maintain. yeah. But, yeah, but they're, it's, it's not, it, it's, they're not going home talking those corporate lines to their kids and making sure they, their children believe it. No, a lot of it is just like, I've got a mortgage that I have to pay off. Right. So I will pay this thing to fucking get to the top. Yeah, but what's different than that compared to like a comedy bit? If you say something about whatever topic that maybe you don't really believe, but you're just presenting it at that moment to get paid. Well, I can't do that. I can't. I'd rather, I'd rather be at the bottom for a while trying to be authentic and building an audience than to say anything fake because I just can't do it, man. Like I will literally break down. People will, people will know it's fake when they look at me. It's not gonna, it's not gonna work. I can't convince them that this is how I believe. So comedy then for you has to be, has to come from some sort of truth within you, some sort of belief within you. You can yeah. just say some outlandish shit that you don't believe just to try to get a laugh. Well, I can say some outlandish shit that I don't believe, but that's called a joke. Oh, that's what I, but that's what I'm saying. Like, so isn't that, 
now you don't see that as like similar. Like it, I mean, for them, it would be doing it eight, 10 hours a day compared yeah. to a five, 10 minute bit. But I almost no, think the, the difference is they know it's a joke and it's like the people that take these orders from their higher ups, the way that they speak is like, oh, well, that's what he means blah, 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 but it's not sort of thing. Yeah. So it, it is, it is different, but I get where you, where you're coming from. Um, and, and I do see comedians and I can tell the fucking lying dude. And it's like, <laughs> and why, why are you doing this? Just because, and, and a lot of the time it's because they have a family and they have to put food on the table. So they're like, well, I'm going to compromise a few values so I can make a few extra dollars. And that's just how it is. That's how a lot of people are. And that's, uh, I can't do it. It's terrifying. That to me is like living as a dead person. (laughs) Well, it seems like you're pretty passionate about creating and right. Like I lying like that would almost make you not a create, like that would be like a factory worker saying they create bumpers like you don't create bumpers, man. You're just fucking pressing down. You just know the movement. You don't believe that yeah. you made that bumper. There's nothing unique, special about that bumper. Um, and, yeah, I, I, and it seems like that's what it's coming down to for you. Yeah. And honestly, like at the start when I was doing comedy, I was like, I was failing a lot, you know, experimenting. And sometimes I would throw in a joke that is like, you know, a common street joke that people know and that and I got a laugh but it felt terrible in my heart like (laughs) that's not my work it doesn't feel good you know but maybe it'll push me to the top and you know what it doesn't so I just try to be original it's again if you want to be a creative person to me that would be the best way to be like authentic you because if not how would you continue to reproduce it right you would just have the worst case of anxiety and like imposter syndrome ever if you feel you made it somewhere without skills you actually have yeah like what the fuck are you gonna do once you get there you're like oh i've got this big goal doing this fake thing what what am i gonna do now just continue doing this shit it's like you've just you just dug yourself a hole mate like you just you know so yeah I, dude, I've got to ask, like, is the mustache authentic or is the mustache because it's funny? No, it's actually glued on, Luke. No. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I know it's real, but like, do you have a mustache because you feel it would like a mustache gets laughs? I, I've not seen a younger person with a mustache. And I guess it comes from this, man. And again, I, I don't mean to be a dick. I'm really not insulting you. Um, I was in the National Guard, and so you can't have any kind of like facial hair, but you can have a mustache. So when we got out of basic, a bunch of dudes just grew mustaches just to be dumbasses with mustaches, right? Like that was just their whole point. They didn't think they looked good, but they were like, it's kind of funny, and that's the joke is that I know it doesn't look good, so I do it. Well, the real reason is because you don't want to see me dead in the streets without a mustache because – I have a baby face, so it's uh, 
Yeah, I, I look fucking 17 without it, you know? <laughs> When's the last time you didn't have it? Uh, when you were 7 or 8? <laughs> yeah, probably like 17, 18. What? Seven. Yeah, it's just like, it's just, it just has to be there, bro. Like, I, I don't know how else to put it. You gotcha. know, it's definitely not for comedic effect the good thing about um australian uh women is they love it so that's uh, just a plus. mustache they love a mustache they love a dirty mustache they love they love mullets they love long hair so it's definitely uh uh to my favor um but that's probably just a testament of the times or trends so gotcha so NBA wise, um, I I enjoy basketball. Stephen Adams is a kick ass. Although I, I believe he's from Australia, I don't think he's from New Zealand. Um, but he's very similar, man. Like mustache. Now he's seven foot and fucking whatever, five percent body fat. But like he's got the yeah. long hair and he's got the mustache. And I've always wondered, why does this guy have a mustache? And that's interesting. You bring up the Australian women like it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really think about it. It's just kind of there. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, to, again, it popped when I saw the moving video with, like, the pulled back ponytail and, like, the properness. And then there's this fucking stash. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Completely intentional. Right? Yeah. All right. Well, Ash, let me um, get you out of here on this, my friend. And I appreciate you hanging with me for so long. Um, I end the podcast with a particular segment. You said you had listened to a couple. The sound quality was decent. Did you make it towards the end of any of the podcasts? Um, no, I haven't had time to actually listen to a full one, but I was just sort of scrolling through your Instagram. Yeah. Right. All right. Excellent. Most people yeah. don't when they come on, which is kind of amazing. Not amazing to me, but it's interesting. Three people have researched all the way through one full pod. All that okay. to say this, get ready to just tell me a little story about you taking it any direction you want. Can I get your best first for last? We've saved the best first for last. Sponsored by Abstinence. Waiting makes it worthwhile. Best first for last? Yep. As in my first what? Whatever pops in your mind. It's a psychological test. There's going to be an okay. ad in your Facebook about it afterwards. Best first for last. Um, well, I just thought of my first um, sexual encounter. That's um, that's 98% of what white heterosexual males bring up on the podcast when they get asked. Well, yeah, that's all I think about, man, is sex. So uh, <laughs> I think... Uh, I think it could have it could have definitely been better, but at the same time, I was happy to get laid at sixteen. What well, I mean, what a what a treat, you know. A lot of people, and that was and that was largely due to the fact that I was bullied into doing it because why the fuck haven't you lost your virginity yet, Ash? You loser, you're sixteen. I was like, oh, I'm gonna get laid. So so I I hit this chick up. Um, I, I don't know. I think it was from Facebook. I just saw her, added her, and then I was like, hey, you want to hang out? She was like, yeah, and she came over. 
I fucking wagged school during the day. So I, I left um, class to go home because I knew my parents would be out, right? So <laughs> Opportunity. So I, so I went home and had this horrible sex um, with this um, person. And then, and then what do you know? My dad comes home at the wrong time. Like he never comes home when he's meant to be at work. But anyway, he did. And then he knocked on my door and it was like almost like he knew what was what was happening and i was like um hang on i'm just in an xbox game i'll be out soon and then i I just i said go to the closet and i put it in the closet stop dude yeah so he could come in so he could come in and you know be unsuspicious i was like yeah you can come in dad and he came in he's like what are you up to i was like oh i was just playing xbox he's like oh cool and then it's like, um, how come you're not at school? I was like, well, uh, I got sick. So he's like, all right, well, hope you get better. And then he shut the door. And then he, I waited for him to go back to work. And then he, he closed the front door. And I was like, come out, come out of the closet. And um, uh, he, you got to go. <laughs> so she left. And uh, so thanks for the sex, whatever. That was it. <laughs> Dude, I'm so, was it, so Facebook was a Tinder at some point? Like, how did I miss that stage? Oh, yeah. I guess because of my age. So you would just randomly message chicks that were around? Like, was that a thing on Facebook? I think she commented on my photo or something. It was like, uh, the thing back then was, if you had like 100 likes on your profile picture, like girls wanted you. You know, that's what it was. It was so, it was so weird. And that, that's how it worked. And then that's sort of how you met girls. If you didn't meet them at school or like in the club, you would meet them on Facebook, right? So you'd scroll through the likes and be like, oh shit, she looks good. Let yeah. me message her. Let me friend her. Yeah. I mean, a bit, a bit creepy now for me to do, but like, that's <laughs> how we did it when we were younger. That's interesting. God. Yeah, see, I didn't grow up with the Facebook connection. So right. that that's why I'm like, it, it's foreign to me, man. Yeah, and it just keeps getting worse. <laughs> Dude, I guess that's why like it it like the likes, the amount of likes they're trying to like figure out what that does cognitively to you, right? Because if it's leading to shit like that. So you're really like a stud, a hundred likes, you're in triple digits. You're like, yeah, I can get some ass. Yeah, well, that was the ego boost back then was like, if you got this, then you can get all the pussy in the world, you know? Right. And so, and, and it was true. So. Do you, did you see her afterwards after that? Or was it just that one time? No, we hung out a few times. Yeah. Okay. And why didn't you marry her? I mean. (laughs) Well, I mean, I just, you know, um, I have, there's so many you know great girls out there. I just want to meet them all. Is that what it was? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, you know, burden her from opportunities either. I mean, there was so many good guys out there for her to meet. That's a very kind of you. Very selfless. Do yeah. You, do you believe your friends that they had lost their virginity? Like that. That's always one of those. We used to fuck with our boys about like who had 
Like, man, you ain't got no hair on your nuts. And, like, you could show that, right? Like, you could be like, dude, you're, you fucking got no chest. I can see that. Like, there's really no way, aside from some creepy ass, like, I'm going to record myself having sex for the first time, way to prove that you've lost your virginity. And I think it's like dudes just screw with each other because they feel they have to. They feel they want to be the cool one to say they were. So do you think you got set up? Or do you think your boys were really, like, two years ahead of the curve on you? Um, no, I, I believe, I believe them. I mean, there's no fucking verification process, but like the, you know, things get around, especially in high school, there's a lot of gossip and eventually it'll come back whether they were lying or not. Oh, cause it doesn't get verified. <laughs> cause girls especially talk way more than guys do. I, dude, I think as I get older, man, I gotta be honest. Well, I mean, girls talk a shit. I've been super surprised at how gossipy guys are when they get older. I'll yeah, know. they definitely definitely are. Yeah, I've. Uh, it, we like to call it something else. Like we just like to call it ch- uh, hanging out at the barbecue. You know, <laughs> we don't call it gossip because gossip implies that you're, you know having a slumber party on the couch feminine yeah yeah let's have some beers and that just means you're going to talk shit yeah yeah (laughs) but if we have it if we have it with some disgusting beer and some fucking sausages and fire man that's not gossip that's just hanging out it's male bonding male bonding (laughs) yeah yeah i get you All right, Ash. Well, man, thank you so much for uh, coming on, for answering a cold message, for letting people get to know a little more about you and uh, your life goals, my friend. Yeah, I appreciate it. I loved um, doing this. It was fun. And yeah, thanks, man. (laughs) No worries, man. Um, Yeah, so I got to wake up in like six hours. I forget what time it is over there. What's your time thing right now? It's quarter to 2 p.m. Oh, just in the afternoon. So you're ready to continue with your day drinking. Yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't started yet, but thanks for um, assuming that Australians (laughs) just fucking drink all the time, which we do. But uh, yeah, I'll have a few. All right, man. Well, enjoy the rest of your night. I'm going to catch some Z's, man. Appreciate your time. No worries, bro. Happy to have you. Thank you. See you, bro. Thanks to Ash for coming on the pod, um, letting everybody get to know a little more about the way his mind works, for being brave and bold enough to follow his passions, and for being so fucking manly with a metrosexual name. Thank you, Ash. (laughs) Fuck, he's going to troll me for that if he even listens to the end of this. Thanks to Andre Psyche for supporting the Getting to Know You pod. Please search Andre Psyche, that is P-S-Y-C-H-E, up on any social media. Give him a follow just for the fuck of it. And if you have not already, talking about safe sanitary following with no repercussions, at least to your... I shouldn't. (laughs) Friend and follow the Getting to Know You Pod on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. The word of the pod. The word of the pod is wanka. 
Wanka is the word of the pod. Post that word on any of our social media or tag the Getting to Know You pod when you use it on yours and get a shout out on our very next podcast. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review the Getting to Know You pod on Apple, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform. You can also go to our Patreon to support the pod for as little as $2 a month if you've enjoyed getting to know any of our guests. And finally, if you or someone you know would like to become a sponsor of or advertise on the Getting to Know You pod, we would love to partner with you. We have a wide-ranging global audience that would like to get to know more about your brand or business. Want to make it happen? Just message us. Vai Jos con Dios? Was that slow enough to correct it, Nicole? Hopefully it was. Later.